Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And first off, Mark, I gotta say, yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's the first podcast of 2019. Well, here it is. It's the first, so, the first posted podcast yeah. of 2019 is the Primetime Podcast. We are the first recorded podcast. That's right, which is what matters. 2019. Well, it's really what matters. Dave yeah. and I did our NBA Big Board yesterday, which should already be out as of about 44 minutes. As we are recording this on New Year's Day, I want to wish a happy New Year to everybody watching, everyone a part of MVP Nation, MVP mm-hmm. Army. I don't think we've re- the real MVPs. Yep, um, really is who I want to. Your team wish. will do better this year than they did last year. Oh, I hope so, especially yeah. my team. But we'll get into that later in the podcast. We got a jam-packed show for you guys. The onside kick. I don't know if I said that. Where we talk about everything going on in the NFL. Going to be taking a look at because I know we changed the topic. So correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. We're going to do yep. some Black Monday. Some head yep. coaching um, jobs have opened up. We're going to look at the Baltimore Ravens and can Lamar Jackson lead them to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. basically. Then we did an audible. We were going to talk about, uh, I'm going to use your nickname for him, sure. Big Dick Nick and yep. the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, um, but we audible. We're going to be talking about Antonio Brown and some possible landing spots for him, and then we're going to end the show instead of making our picks, making our predictions for the entire NFL playoffs. Before we get started, i got to mention, please, Help and support us on patreon.com backslash Podcast. That link is down below in the description. We cannot do what we do and could not have made 2018 as big of a year as it was without the support of our patrons. Check that down below in the description, patreon.com backslash Podcast. But Mark, let's dive in to some of these, well, really all of these head coaching openings. So, Black Monday happened. There were some surprises. We did know of some. Mm -hmm. We've got eight total. We've got the Packers, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Jets, the Broncos, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, and I'm forgetting one, the Bengals, because I didn't think that one was going to happen. That one was the biggest shock. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at all of them. We're going to give reactions. We're going to talk about some guys we think that they should hire. And kind of keep it rapid fire, but really mm-hmm. just have it as an open-ended yeah. conversation. The first one, I asked you who we should start with. Mm-hmm. You said the Cleveland Browns. What are your thoughts on the situation right now of that opening in Cleveland? I, I think that the interesting thing about Cleveland was this past season and how they aren't the same Cleveland team that they typically look. Usually mm-hmm. when you have an opening in Cleveland— Everyone instantly says, well, that's the least desirable place to go. And that's not really the case this year. You know, Dorsey has done a great job uh, changing kind of a lot of things in this team. And part of that is the culture. And a lot of that is the players. 
Um, and I saw somebody uh, saying something with Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is becoming a little bit of this polarizing person mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, you're either loving him for his cocky, arrogant attitude or you hate him for his cocky, arrogant well, attitude. You said it to me off the podcast last week that mm-hmm. you can't wait for when that point will come to where people start hating him. Yeah, because I think it's going to happen. And it's not for, for Browns fans. Don't get mad at me for saying it that way. The The big thing for me is we all love it right now because he's young and he's winning mm-hmm. and he's successful. Uh, but I just want to see when it flips because it's going to flip. Mm-hmm. And I want to see how long that takes and all that good stuff. Um, he's going to basically become Jay Cutler. I'm mm-hmm. from Chicago. I can say that. He's going to become the new Jay Cutler of the league. <laughs> we need one. We need a Jay Cutler. And I think mm-hmm. we found him. Uh, it's just going to take a few years. But anyways, you know, but Cleveland needed that. Cleveland needed a guy who comes in there and says, I don't care what anybody says. I'll flip off the camera and tell you we're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they needed that. And that's what they have. So Well, he almost reminds me of what we expected from mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel without is, the alcohol. But better. Yeah. He's a better Johnny Manziel without who all the didn't demons, mess up his career. Yeah, without all the demons that mm-hmm. kind of took Manziel's career. Exactly. So he is in a whole, we assume, in a much better spot than Johnny Manziel ever mm-hmm. was. Um, so, you know, it took like three years, but they got the, they got their Johnny football. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time it's just Baker football. No, but I, anyways, um, the, so that's really interesting. The thing that I think about this though, is how much of that are you going to be a confident coach coming in saying, I'm going to replicate it because what happens many times is your bad head coach gets fired and it re-energizes players mm-hmm. and they play up for this new interim coach. Cause they're thinking, if that guy sticks around, I want him to want me around here too. You know, they really play up that well. Um, and they're going to get a new offense for sure. Mm-hmm. They're going to get probably a new defense too because I don't think Greg Williams will probably stick around. Uh, they're going to get all kinds of new things coming in here. How much of this success they went on are they going to be able to replicate? Well, and, and that's not a that's not a knock on joke, Cleveland. You made the joke after the Week 17 game of mm-hmm. Greg Williams shook uh, – yeah. John Harbaugh's uh, hand and said, hey, if you need a defensive coordinator, I'll be free. They were talking for a long time. <laughs> they were whispering in each other's ears, all those sweet nothings. Uh, and, you know, it's like, hey, uh, you got any job openings? Uh, maybe, you know, defensive back mm-hmm. coach or something. You know, he's he's trying to figure something out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Greg Williams. I actually do think, and I hate to say it because of the things that have happened for uh, Greg Williams, I think he deserves the job. I think he earned it. Oh, he deserves it. The only thing, here's what I'm thinking, where, and this kind of goes from what I think about the job into who you're going to look for in mm-hmm. your next head coach, it needs to be an offensive mind. That is what I 110% think. And I know there are going to be some Cleveland fans that go, well, Ricky, Hugh Jackson was an offensive mind, and Jeez. look what happened there. That's debatable and about offensive mind. The thing that I look at is you uh, you need somebody to come in mm-hmm. and be Baker's guy. And that's what Hugh was supposed to be this guy who could come in and whisper. mentor the the young head coach, uh, mm-hmm. the young quarterback, and that did not happen. So, yeah, they need to right that ship. I do agree that they need somebody who can do that. And, I mean, the question is, do you, do you believe that Greg Williams, and if Greg Williams gets the job, would you even want to keep Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator are, is that tandem mm. going to get the best out of the Browns? Because we did see the best Browns team 
that I can remember since that 10-win, what, the 10-win Brown team that missed the playoffs, and we're like, holy crap, the Browns have 10 wins this year? Right. And then they went back to being nothing. For me, there's a guy out there that I would target 110% before possibly another team that we're going to talk about takes him away, Bruce Arians. That's who I target, because if there's anybody that can work with a young team, Mm -hmm. get them motivated, work with a young quarterback, it is Bruce Arians. And I just, I feel like, because to me, there'd be three guys that I would look at. Bruce Arians, I would look at Mike McCarthy just because, I think it's worth a look, yeah. Although his scheming is a problem, like Baker Mayfield is the guy where it's like, you know what, coach? It don't matter about your scheme anyways. I'm just going to do what I do out here. Mm-hmm. Like, there was Tony Romo was talking about it during the broadcast where Baker, like, he, he went to throw here. It's like one, two, three, four, eight times before he finally yeah. chucked the ball up there. So, I mean, I feel like Mike McCarthy and those scheming issues might not be a total problem with Baker because Baker will just take a broken play and make it into something anyways. And then the third one I look at is probably like a Josh McDaniels. Um, I get that people are going to say Lincoln Riley, but I don't think he leaves college. I yeah, know that people. I don't are think he will, but that would be ideal. People are going to say like Matt Lafleur or anybody from the uh, Rams stable right now. That is, you're just hoping that hey, let me get that offensive mind and get that offense over here. I think you need a coach that is going to be a veteran head coach that knows the job because. You look at the past few, and this could be one thing that maybe bit Hugh in the butt. Hugh was a rookie head coach. I mean, technically he'd been a head Mm -hmm. coach with the Raiders, but he had been a head coach, went back to coordinating, and then he only had one year of head coaching before taking that job. You need a guy like Mike McCarthy, like Bruce Arians. That's why I wouldn't even be mad with Greg Williams, because at least he has the experience yeah. being a head coach. And I do think that, like I said, Greg Williams deserves this job. Mm-hmm. It should be his. He earned it. They went 5-3 and three while he was there. Um, this team got re- rejuvenated. But I do wonder how much of that is him playing up. Uh, I'm not him, but the, the team playing up for him and how much of it is actually his doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Dorsey, fortunately, will know that answer because he was there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he was there to experience it. Um, I like Mike McCarthy as an option. I think that he just needs that fresh start. He just needs somewhere new, uh, change of scenery. And he's had success with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks by the names of Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's pretty successful. Yeah. And right now, Baker Mayfield is looking like he's got the potential to be and a Brett Favre quarterback. Well, and that's the one thing that I believe it's Baker that said this in the draft mm-hmm. process. Um, a lot of people were comping him to Drew Brees but because of the height thing. Yeah. But he did say— That's just such a cop-out. Anytime someone's short, they go, oh, he's like Drew Brees. Or like Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell, yeah, Russell Wilson. I almost said Russell Westbrook again. But um, one guy, he said he likes to— try to emulate his game after is mm-hmm. Brett Favre. So, I mean, that's kind of that. You can have yeah. that same type of attitude if you got Mike McCarthy. I want to move into another one. So one thing before you say that, though, ahead. I do think that even though I don't think that – I think this guy should be blacklisted from mm-hmm. ever being a head coach. Yeah. Um, but I think he should get the shot – should be getting given good consideration is Josh McDaniels. 
Because he backed out of the Colts job? Yep. Therefore, you should be blacked, uh, Honestly, blacked out from ever getting one. I don't think Colt fans are upset. They're not upset one bit because of what well, like Because it worked out team. for him. Yeah, but I mean, he did uh, embarrass them on a national stage. Uh, mm-hmm. But Josh McDaniels does have some quarterback whisperer yeah. type of tendencies as well. Also, the one thing I will say really quick that I did not notice until a commenter commented on it, mm-hmm. Sean's prediction of the Colts in his prediction video, he was spot on except for the last two games of the year. He had them go 1-5 mm-hmm. and five and then go on a win streak, but he had losses to the Cowboys and Titans at the end and That's had to go 8-8. Eight eight. So he was almost right, and I wanted to give Sean his due there. So how we'll do it is you pick the first one, I'll pick sure. the second one, and we'll kind of alternate that all the way through. The next one I want to look at is the one that I'm going to say I was right about, the Arizona Cardinals. Like I felt like the writing was on the wall halfway through this season, that Steve Wilkes was not going to keep this job. Now I will say because I was talking to Dave about it yesterday, and he brought up a great point of it's not completely Steve Wilkes' fault. Um, mm-hmm. I, he just wasn't ready, I don't think. Rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. the defense. like It would be different if the defense was locked down because he was a defensive guy, but this offensive line was not ready to protect a young quarterback. And even when they hired him, I was like, really? That's the yeah. guy we're going to go with? I'm not really sure if he's going to last per se. Here's the thing that I think of with this job, and this is kind of similar to Cleveland, but not, is you get a guy who can work with Josh Rosen. You get that guy, no matter Mm -hmm. who he is, that can work with Josh Rosen, and that should be your only, only search for this head coaching job is who are you going to get to fit Josh Rosen. Yeah, and and to me, this was an obvious, like, well, we need somebody. We're in this transition stage. We'll get the guy just to get us over the hump, mm-hmm. and then we'll say, thanks for your service. Uh, we'll see you later. We're going to get the real guy now. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve hey. Wilkes essentially was the Bruce Arians rebound. Yeah. Um, and to me, I agree completely that this is all about Josh Rosen, and there's one easy, clear answer, and it's Adam Gase. That's it. That's what I was going to say. That's the only answer. That's, he's the perfect guy for this job. He walks in. Don't let him leave. Just hire him. He's got head coaching experience. He's worked with quarterback. Like he's worked mm-hmm. with quarterbacks in Chicago, in Denver. I yep. mean, I know that you'll probably say, well, yeah, the quarterback he was working with in Denver was just a Mr. Peyton Manning. So I mean, there's nothing to kind of look at with that. But I mean, look at what he did in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Chicago guy. Yeah. He was working with Jay Cutler yep. at that time. One of Jay Cutler's best uh, seasons. And Jay Cutler at that point, depending on who you asked, mm-hmm. loved him, hated him. And there were a good contingency here in Chicago that wanted Jay Cutler out the door yeah. um, because he just wasn't winning games. And then, like you said, Gase comes in, gives him one of his best seasons. He's the clear answer for me. And I, like, I see things like... Eric Benemy, who uh, is the Chiefs OC, um, Cardinals have requested permission to interview Zach Taylor uh, for the from the Rams. He's the QB coach. Which all of those to me feel like just you're uh, trying to get who, Sean McVay and Matt Nagy. No, to me it feels like who can we interview just to uh, not make it seem like we're desperate for Adam Gase? Okay, because it's just a bunch of like quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, tight end coach from the Saints. Well, like It's just a bunch of guys who you know aren't going to actually get the job. Here's the thing, I and I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this in the bad mm-hmm. way, but 
it happens. Yeah. I fear, well, I don't really fear because he's got a good situation with the Chiefs, but I feel like Eric uh, Benemy mm-hmm. is just going to be the Rooney Rule guy for this year. Where it's like, Potentially, you yeah. know what? We need an African American. We need a minority candidate. We're going to interview him. We're not going to give mm-hmm. him the job, but we're going to interview him. And Marvin Lewis, I think, might potentially get that same treatment. <laughs> he shouldn't get an interview anywhere. That's what I think. Uh, but mediocrity is just yeah. stamped on his forehead if and, it was me. And for me, I look at the Cardinals, and it is just a situation of there's a clear-cut guy. Just mm-hmm. go and grab him. Because when I look at Gase, and I know that Gase, think Adam is, Gase would want to go to, out of all yeah. the openings, would the Cardinals be at the top well, of his list? I mean, the Cardinals isn't going to be the top of anybody's list because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is available to be a head coach. Well, you can be Aaron Rodgers' head coach. True. That's the that's the number one choice for mm-hmm. anybody. Um, but... It's a good option for him, and he's got a young quarterback who doesn't have injury problems, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have injury issues. You've got this rebuild to do a little bit, so hopefully after firing a coach after one season, which is always a scary thing for a new head coach to come into, if he can get some reassurances of like, hey, we just chutted one guy. We're not going to—we're going to give you some time now. Mm-hmm. You will have time. Uh when he had a healthy Ryan Tannehill, that was a great team. He knew how to get more out mm-hmm. of players. He knew how to uh, really evaluate players. And and this is a, a different conversation for them when we get to the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are a great spot because of the talent that they have and they kept getting. It just was never healthy. Well, you even look at it. Like, he's going to come in and mm. he had Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake. Now he gets David Johnson. I know David Johnson dealing with a little bit of injury issues, yeah. but when healthy, he's the top back, I would say, mm. in the league, or especially yeah. in fantasy, he's the top back the thing, in the league. The thing that Adam Gase, I think, is going to need, mm-hmm. I don't think Adam Gase can come in and essentially be like a Matt Nagy, a McVay, and Andy Reid. That's sitting there saying, which is funny because they all come from the same uh, mm-hmm. coaching. Oh, no. <laughs> but anyways, whatever. Um, he can't be this guy who comes in and says, I will completely 100% run the offense. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out super well. So he needs a play caller as his OC. I think that would be a big benefit for him because mm-hmm. he can do a lot of the other stuff really well. He had some questionable play calling at times. That might be a downfall for him again mm-hmm. if he's not careful. Well, and the last thing I will kind of say for it is, like I was going to mention, is with Nag or with not Nagy, with uh, Adam Gaze, mm-hmm. how I feel like it should go in his mind. The Packers and Bengals, I'm putting into the same bubble of like, you get to work with Aaron Rodgers and Andy Dalton. You're yeah. going to be fine in those situations. Um, but outside of it, it's like, which second year player do you want to work with as a. Um, coach, and if I'm the Buccaneers, I stay complete. Like if I'm Adam Gase, I stay away from Tampa because that's not a situation that he would thrive in. Mm-hmm. The third one would be the Broncos because of his ties there as an OC. Who's the next team you want to take a look at? Um, well, I'll go ahead and since we already kind of uh, brought them up, I, I think the Dolphins are a good one. Um, they're an interesting one because they have such a good on paper team. Mm-hmm. I said in the offseason, the Dolphins had one of the quietest, um, successful offseasons. Mm-hmm. They rocked the draft. They made good free agent uh, pickups. They did a lot of good things. And they had a couple questionable things as well. But they had a lot of success with this. It was really going to rely on 
Can Tannehill be uh, healthy? Can he come back and be successful after missing an entire year? And the answer was no, not really. Um, And it kind of screwed some things up. So they need somebody who can come in, reestablish order. And that terrifies me because of the candidate who's been linked to them the most being Rex Ryan, Mm -hmm. a guy who will not come in and establish a you know, no-nonsense type of culture that's needed. Rex Ryan, I think, should not be considered anywhere because well, I think it, I think he's proven that he had some success but not sustained here, success. Here's what I'm seeing. This is from uh, the Sun Sentinel in Miami. There's five guys already the Dolphins have requested. Mm-hmm. Like, basically from what they're saying, hours after Steve Ross made the move to fire Gase, they put out five yeah. feelers. Here are the guys. Vic Fangio of the Bears, Eric Benemy of the um, Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You've got Brian Flores, who's the DC in New England. Mike Munchak, who's the um, former head coach of the Titans and is now the O line coach with the Steelers. And Chris Richards, the quarterback slash um, DB's coach with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the five guys that they have put requests in to interview. Yep. And you don't have to request for somebody who you know is not in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna say who is not currently a head coach. Yeah. Or any kind of coach like Rex Ryan, because mm-hmm. Rex Ryan's uh, Miami Herald also saying that Ryan is preparing his assistant coaches. He's he's making his phone calls. He's why, getting ready. Why would you? Is it just because you think he knows the AFC East? I'm, like, is that it? I mean. Maybe it's because he needs to coach all four, and he'll eventually make his way <laughs> to the Christ, Patriots next. This is a, he's two of two. I yeah. didn't even think of it. He's, he's of coached four. half of them. Holy crap! But uh, he's going to take over after Bill Belichick. I hope because so. Josh McDaniels will get a job here. But the Dolphins are one of those ones where they went with the offensive-minded guy, mm-hmm. and it worked a little bit. It didn't work a little bit. So they they could kind of go either way. They've got a good defense. They've got a good offense. They can go either direction. What they really need to me is they need a guy who comes in and says, because there were also rumors out there that certain players have denied, um, but the rumors are out there, so they're worth mentioning, mm-hmm. that the locker room was getting a little lost. Mm-hmm. Adam Gase was losing the locker room a bit. So I wish that they could get a guy, not John, but Jim Harbaugh, to come in here, and it's not going to happen, but I wish they could get a guy like Jim Harbaugh to come in here and say, you know, because he, mm-hmm. he's a hot, fiery guy. He's a guy who's going to establish his culture and make you fit into it. That would be fantastic. Because I look at these things. Rex Ryan's not going to necessarily be a guy who's going to do that. You know, I don't know very much about the Chiefs offensive coordinator's personality. I know if he's a guy who can come in there and do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fear for him a little bit. I see that being something that's going to flame out a little bit. Uh, because Matt Nagy, very successful so far in Chicago. And I say so far in Chicago because Tressman was successful his first year, too. Things can go wrong. When you're winning, everyone's happy. Exactly. But, you know, and the fear with Nagy was, is he actually good? Mm-hmm. Or is he just benefiting off of Andy Reid? Mm-hmm. Now we're going to flip over on this other side uh, with uh, Ben-Ami, um to say, ask the same thing. Is this just that he's got a very good quarterback and Andy Reid uh, is a very good coach offensively mm-hmm. and they've got a lot of offensive talent? Or is he genuinely also good? Because how much successful offensive coaches can you get from one place? Mm-hmm. 
that would be a fear, and I don't want to piss off Chief fans for saying that, but that would be a fear of mine with him. Well, um, plus you don't have the same players. Like, yeah. that Chief team this year, you're not going to find a Patrick Mahomes on any other team in the NFL. You're not going to find a Tyreek mm-hmm. Tyree Hill on any other team in the NFL. Yeah. Exactly. The closest thing you have is Tariq Cohen mm-hmm. in Chicago. And he's not even the number one back. It's Jordan Howard. Exactly. And that's also the part, too, of like, well, that's one coach going in the same direction. So mm-hmm. if a Kansas City coach moves into uh, Miami, that's not the same type of offense that they can do. It's going to be a very different kind of offense. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore is a very different kind of running back, you know, yeah. type of a situation. Like, he's not a guy you can well, turn he into wasn't a wasn't even technically Hill. the number one back until whatever yeah. happened with Kenyon Drake. So Miami is an interesting one. I think the coach that walks into Miami can have a lot of success. And mm-hmm. somebody who, once again, has not been linked to this, but I would love to see... I think a guy like Bruce Arians could come in here well, and just kill this job. You put you put his feather in your cap because the next mm-hmm. job we go to, um, I'm going to bring him up. The last thing I'll kind of say about the Dolphins is the Jim Harbaugh thing you mentioned. I honestly think with Jim Harbaugh this year that he ain't coming out. He's staying with Michigan. Yeah, I don't think he's coming out until he's getting forced out. Next year is the mm-hmm. year we look at him because for the college side of it, Let's see uh, what you do when Urban Meyer's not at Ohio State anymore, when really you should be yeah. the college that is ruling over the Big Ten. If you're not, then next year could be the year where it's like, hey, Jim Harbaugh's on the table looking for NFL jobs. The Rex Ryan thing I'm still perplexed about because like, I can see how it could be a good thing because if you're saying if they were losing the locker room, Mm-hmm. I think Rex Ryan can come in and bring the locker room he was back a, in. Yeah, he was a player's kind of coach, mm-hmm. but he also allowed, you know, big attitudes and big personalities to rule. Yeah, he's and, like he's like the the cool hit parent. Yeah, and and you can't do that when the locker room is mm-hmm. already supposedly uh, kind of getting lost. You know who I almost want to say is a good candidate for <coughs> for the uh, Dolphins, hmm. but I'm kind of iffy about it is Brian Flores from the Patriots because. Part of me goes, you're in that division, get a guy that knows uh-huh. Bill Belichick, that can get into the mind of Bill Belichick and give you the best chance to know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I look at Matt Patricia after one year, and I'm yeah. not saying Matt Patricia did a horrible job in Detroit. But it wasn't very good. But I look at it and I go, how are assistants? Like, look at Josh McDaniels, and I know people are going to get mad that I bring it up, but look at Josh McDaniels when he was with Denver. Yeah. Did he really pan out? Like I know he had to go through Tebow time. Look at any and everything. Any coach that came from Belichick's coaching tree, do they have pan they out? really panned out? And that's the thing. That's the only thing I fear of. But I like the mm-hmm. because they're in the AFC East. That's why I go into that. I told you to keep that Bruce Arians thing cool. uh, handy because I want to talk about this Bucks job. All right. Um, so Dirk Cotter getting fired. I find it funny because he was supposed. It was supposed to be Lovey. Lovey's not the answer. We don't need a defensive coach. We're gonna Dirk Cotter, our friend, offensive coordinator, is gonna be the guy. He's gonna work with Jameis, and we're gonna get the best out of it. Fast forward, Dirk Cotter's gone. Jameis Winston could be gone next. Basically, they, when you're looking at Tampa, Bay. there's also been reports that they're. They are sticking with Jameis. Should be. I'll say should yeah. be gone. Um, and, and that's going to be a question got, in this interview. He's got, one year, he's got one year left on his mm. contract, I believe. Yeah, he's in his fifth-year option, and essentially it's going to be a stipulation, from what I've seen, that any coach that comes in 
has to be okay with working with Jameis. Now, the yeah, things could change. Year. He's got one year left. Yeah, things could change in the future, but you're totally right on that. I feel like that stipulation is, though, you got to work with him for your first year, at least. Well, yeah. I mean, and then the GM's going to decide if they stick keep him around or not. Yeah. What's being evident, unfortunately, here for, for Jameis mm-hmm. Winston is just, he's, you know, just not ready to be a franchise quarterback. He's got tons of skill, tons of talent, but mm-hmm. he's just not ready. He's just not able to grow. He's not able to take his game to that next level. And that's going to be the thing that keeps killing coaches. Here's the thing, and this is why I told you the Arians thing. Mm-hmm. According to Pro Football Talk of NBC Sports, former Cardinal head coach Bruce Arians has his eye on more than one coaching vacancy. Despite previously saying the Browns job is the only one he'd consider, Arians told Ian Rappaport of NFL Network that he would consider the Bucks job. Arian said he thinks highly of Bucks GM Jason Light. That is his Lick, friend. And would like to work with him. Here's the question. The Bucks would need um, a permission form from the Cardinals before interviewing Arians as he resigned um, as Cardinals head coach while he still had time on his contract. How would you feel about Bruce Arians working with Jameis Winston? Could he make it work mm-hmm. with Winston in Tampa or Winston yeah. in Tampa or would it be a one-year thing and then Arians could get his guy? I'm just not convinced anyone's really going to make it work with, with Jameis. I think I mean, you've got way. the fifth-year option, so you gotta you got to do something unless you could trade him. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying yeah. to trade him. The fifth year um, that they've already accepted and he yeah. is on the books next year. Uh, but at the same time, you're not going to get a better option, really. Because mm-hmm. Jameis is not a bad quarterback. Jameis is an average quarterback. Uh, he should, like I said... He's good to average. He's just not able to take his game to that next level. And we've seen that so many times with Jameis still making the same old mistakes. Um, And, you know, famously on Hard Knocks, Cotter says to Jameis, you can't be the reason we lose. And he's the reason they lose. And he's still the reason they lose. And that's why he got benched multiple times this year. I would love to see— Dysfunctional— I would love to see Bruce Arians come in here and give it a shot to try and make it work, mm-hmm. uh, but there's not going to ever be a better option. You know, we we've already gone through the free agent quarterbacks a million times. You, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to get the better option. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to get a Joe Flacco, uh, who once again would just be like a year or two rental. You know, this is just not going to happen for them. So. Why not go for a guy who you're going to grab and it's going to be a long-term thing? Now, 66-year-old head coach, long-term, those might be debatable. Like, Mm -hmm. those might conflict with each other a little bit, especially when he just retired a year ago. Yeah. But if he is willing to come back and you know that he is going to stick around for a little while, if you can get Bruce Arians, that's fantastic. Now, an interesting one that I see is, so from his press conference, Jason Lick. His mm-hmm. press conference on Monday, he basically made it seem we're going to look outside the organization for this hire. So you can say that their OC, their DC Goodbye. are not getting we'll the see job. You later. Basically, yeah. yeah. One name that I have here, and this is from uh, the Pewter Plank um, on the Fanside Network, that I haven't seen linked to any other job, and it fears me because I don't want him leaving my team, George Edwards. 
DC from the Minnesota Vikings. Like, is that just something, too, where it's like, oh, Zimdog and Edwards are doing a good job in Minnesota. Let's bring in a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. I don't really, like, for me, this job is the trickiest because you're telling team, you're telling coaches that, hey, we want you to work with Jameis Winston. Yeah. If you bring in a defensive guy, that conversation basically goes, hey, you know what? We're basically going to let you work with him for a year, and then you can figure out what you want to do after that. If you get an offensive guy there, you really have like, okay, we can see this relationship forming because I feel like, and this is in my head, if the Bucks get a defensive coach, the writing is on the wall for sure that Jameis is gone. If they get an offensive mm-hmm. coach, the writing is on the wall that they really want to make it work with Jameis Winston. Yeah, and, and I think there's nothing wrong with going with a defensive coach if you're going to get a defensive coach that gets an offensive coordinator who's going to be successful mm-hmm. and just kind of let them do their thing. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, that's always a dangerous thing, and coaches always like to have their control over things. Um, kind of like how Bill Belichick does with Josh McDaniels a little bit. Kind of uh, how he kind of lets him do his thing for a mm-hmm. little bit. But I, I think anyone would be foolish to think that that uh, Bill Belichick doesn't have full control over oh, anything. Oh, he and has everything. full control of the whole yeah, team. Exactly. So he and really, he lets Tom Brady do it. Yeah, and that, that's exactly. That's kind of a thing where it's like the parent that's like, you mm-hmm. can choose which outfit you want to wear between <laughs> this one and that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you get to choose. Uh, but yeah, this is why I hate to say it because there are go- there are some really quality pieces to the mm-hmm. Buccaneers team. But this would be the head coaching job that I would be the least interested in. Yep. And I would rank at the bottom for, for any coach. Well, but they do have the potential to get probably the best in Bruce Arians coaching candidate. The thing that I would need in order to take this job was in – and I would want this in my contract, which would mm-hmm. never happen. Yeah. Is I would want it stated in my contract. Let's say it's a three-year contract I sign. Mm-hmm. You can't fire me after the first year. Yeah. Because how I would basically look at that is if I'm not getting fired for sure after year one, I would love this job. And the reason why, mm-hmm. I'll work with Jameis and use my air quotes there. Um, and working with Jameis this year isn't bad because what quarterback am I going to go get in the draft exactly. this year? Next year, when Jameis is off the books, all right, goodbye, Jameis. I'm drafting. Like, if you're the number one pick, all right, I'm going to take Tua. Okay, I'm not number one. I'm the next one. I'm going to take Dwayne Haskins if he doesn't come out this year. Oh, I'm not that one. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'll take Justin Herbert. Like, there's going to be more quarterbacks next year compared to this year. Yeah, exactly. And your team might be bad for for next year again, too. Yeah, I don't think they're very good. Now, what would mm-hmm. make like a head coach doesn't come in and change this team? It's not a Chicago Bear, LA yeah. Rams situation, especially if you come in with like a, a John Gruden mentality mm-hmm. of hey, we're blow rebuilding, it yeah, blow bl- it up, blow it up, get rid of what you can. The one minor thing I'll say before I have you pick your the mm-hmm. next team we go to, I saw an article that Dirk Cotter might become the head coach of the Falcons, would be or yeah, an OC to the Falcons mm-hmm. would be a really good hire for the Falcons. Yeah, um, I, could see I it. think that he can go back to being an OC and actually help the Falcons mm-hmm. fix their offense. It's been in shambles since uh, Kyle Shanahan left. What's the next team you want to go to? I want to go to the Broncos. Thought you were going to say it uh, because it's an interesting one here. This is another one where it's lower on my 
um, ranking of desirable places mm-hmm. to go uh, for a couple of reasons. John Elway really has bad luck with quarterbacks. <laughs> he cannot get a good quarterback, Peyton Manning being an exception, mm-hmm. obviously because he's Peyton Manning, a Hall of Famer, who just lucked into there for three years. Um, but the Broncos with Tebow, who technically was not one of John Elway's guys, but he was there while John Elway was there. Paxton Lynch was one of the biggest quarterback busts of recent memory, a guy who I don't think he really started. I think he might have started two Mm -hmm. actual regular season games, um, if any, actually. Um, But that was a failure, and Case Keenum was such a reach, such an over-evaluation based on a good team with a great defense and a good offensive-minded offensive coordinator with Pat Shermer. So they really swung and whiffed on that one. That's when you're positive that pitcher's going to throw a fastball right down the center. And he doesn't. And he throws a curveball way outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like, it was a huge whiff for Case Keenum. Big failure. So that concerns me a little bit. It also concerns me, too, because as that head coach, you know John Elway is a legend in uh, Denver. He will never be the one that's wrong. You will be the one that's wrong. But great defense, aging offense, but they still have good pieces. The undrafted rookie, Philip Lindsay, mm-hmm. that's a star right there. That's a guy you want to work with. There is some really strong pieces here, and it's kind of a team that I think would be okay with going with more of a throwback uh, old NFL type model, mm-hmm. which will work out for some of the people they're considering, you know, offensive line coaches, uh, Munchik. Uh, Brian Flores from New England, and the big one, Vic Fangio from Chicago, defensive coordinator. They're a, they're a team that is not looking for the next McVay, well, I think. And the thing is that kind of put into that is John Elway in his press conference said, we got to go with experience. Mm-hmm. So to me, I almost see that as Brian Flores, Vic Fangio, Zach Taylor, you're gone. Eric Benemy, you're gone. I'm looking for experience. I'm looking for Mike McCarthy, Bruce Arians. Um, I'm seeing here that there's um, a tweet from Miles Kliss, who uh, covers the Broncos in Denver, goes confirming the Broncos have requested permission to interview QB coach from the Rams, Zach Taylor. Team is also expected to interview Chuck Pagano, another guy who has experience. Mike Shanahan, who we've heard have uh, rumored interest mm-hmm. in this. John Harbaugh, who and they even, say have rumored interest yeah, in this. There's even uh, rumors out there saying that they're potentially going to bring um, uh offensive coordinator back uh, from the tech, Texans old head coach, whose name I'm blanking on. Monkchuck? No, no, no. The one who they won a Super Bowl with. Oh, you're talking about Ken Wisenhunt. No? No, literally. Oh, Kubiak. The, yeah, Kubiak. Kubiak. Literally their, their last head coach. They're going to bring him back as an OC, I think. Yeah. Um, That's a rumor out there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But if Vic Fangio goes anywhere, it needs to be mentioned because there's a lot of Chicago fans that like our podcast. There's Bears fans want to know if they can rely on their and their defense coordinator coming back or not. Dave said when I mentioned it to him yesterday, he said, don't touch. Don't touch Vic Fangio. He ain't for sale. This (laughs) is I do think there's a strong chance Vic Fangio is not coming back to Chicago next Mm -hmm. year because he's just had too much success over his tenure. But he never gets the chance. 
he gets he? very few interviews. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think it might have something to do with his personality. People might just not see him as that rah-rah head coach kind of guy. But, I mean, is Bill Belichick that rah-rah head coach guy? No, but Bill Belichick is one of the, <laughs> I is know, the exception, I get it. not the rule. Win, there's winning there. But, I mean, yeah. I'm saying Vic Fangio can be the exception, too. He totally could be. But I think that's one of the things that people are afraid of. He doesn't give that good interview. Mm-hmm. Um, he could do the job. But, man, this guy was flashy, and he yeah. did all this stuff. But anyways, if Vic Fangio is going anywhere, Denver's the one place that makes the most sense for me. because They've they're got the, a great defense. They've got a great defense, and they're the kind of team that would be willing to say, we don't need the next McVay, the next mm-hmm. Nagy. We're okay with a defensive-minded, successful guy. And when you say experience, Vic Fangio's got two decades of experience as a coach. Mm-hmm. None of it as a head coach, but he does have that success. Um, I would hate to see it. I don't want to see it at all. It also flies in the face of what he's said before of, I'm in Chicago. The only thing that he would leave is for the West Coast. Mm-hmm. He's okay with being on the West Coast, which doesn't have any job openings right I now. I mean, Denver, not as warm as, uh, I mean, Chicago yeah. and Denver are kind of... Uh, basically the same thing, right? Basically. And now, even when you look at global warming and stuff, we're mm-hmm. basically turned into a modern-day Seattle. Hey, maybe that'll... Maybe... <laughs> maybe... Denver will be the new West Coast Maybe. if the uh, if the ocean rises yeah. but and swallows up California. But until that happens, Denver is not West Coast. Mm-hmm. So he said, "I like to take people for what they say." That's why I was not surprised when uh, when Bell never played this year. Question: but, He said no. I brought him up before. I'll bring him up as the last one for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Do they go at Adam Gase? Do they bring him back and have Adam Gase as the – here's the thing. Uh-huh. What you mentioned, Adam Gase might not be the guy you want calling plays. Adam Gase is your head coach. Kubiak is calling your plays as the OC. I think – I would like that to an extent. I don't necessarily think it will happen. Um, that would be a lot of going back to the old. And John Elway, John I think, Elway's, is okay with I that. Mean, John Elway was a guy who the first thing – that was brought up is how he wants mm. to bring back Mike Shanahan. Yeah. So we know he likes going back in the way. And those are the machine. type of things that make you go, John, man, do I love to watch you play uh football? You're great. You're a great quarterback, mm-hmm. but maybe this wasn't the right move for you to move into GM territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe well, this was, was like a bad idea on our Vance Joseph segment. One of them said, get rid of that horse face clown. Yeah. Um, John Elway. The next job I want to move into is the jets because Really, the what is it? There's two of them we haven't talked about yet that are like this, right? I'm looking. No, we. This is the last rookie quarterback because we talked about the Cardinals already. Yep. Basically, this is a Sam Darnold situation, right? Like whoever yeah. is going to work good with Sam Darnold, and I look at this and I go, to me, there are two coaches that I would kind of look like they would be my guys. The first one would be. Adam Gase, duh, obviously. Mm -hmm. You want someone that's going to be able to work with the quarterback. The other one, and this is the first time I'm going to say his name as a, like, yes for sure, Eric Benemy of the Kansas City Chiefs. I agree with that. This could be a good fit for him where it's like, you know what, you get your young quarterback. Yes, you got to add some pieces around this quarterback Mm -hmm. and make sure that he can – Stay up on his feet. Give him maybe something to throw the ball to. But I would say Sam Darnold, with what I saw in his tape coming out of college, mm-hmm. could be the closest thing. Well, I mean, some people say Baker. Um, between, like, the Rosen and Baker, 
yeah. is the closest thing to a Patrick Mahomes. And I know people are going to crucify me for that. I'm not saying that hyped, but like mm-hmm. he doesn't have to just stand in the pocket. He can get out of the pocket and work yeah. on the run. Maybe not like a Baker, but more so than Rosen. I think that this is the place to poach the uh, Reed coaching tree here. Mm-hmm. This makes the most sense. It's a team that can take that shot because uh, they were 4-12. and 12. They're not established. They've got a lot of pieces they need mm-hmm. to put together still. So go for it. Go for the flashy guy that can make your team better. Uh, because really, the Jets, they're in that type of situation where it's like, well, we've got the other rookie quarterback mm-hmm. who Josh Allen starts to turn it on at the end of the year. He's start looking pretty decent. Um, you've got Miami, who's in a similar situation as us, but then you've got the Patriots who are dominating everything. You got to look at it and say, we've got a little bit of time. We can sit and build. Let's go get one of these younger guys and let him kind of figure some things out and let him make our team better. Let him be our uh, rookie quarterback whisperer. Let him make this better. I think that makes a lot of sense. The other one, Mike McCarthy, I think, fits into this pretty well, too. Because Mm -hmm. Mike McCarthy is another one of those guys who I think would love to work with a young quarterback. And in this case, I think that Darnold is going to work with Mike McCarthy and listen to Mike McCarthy a little bit more than Baker Mayfield will. Baker Mayfield needs a very specific kind of head coach, um, and I don't necessarily think that Mike McCarthy has that clout, has that authority uh, that like a Bruce Arians would have. So last two jobs, we're going to kind of package them together because they're kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, we've gone through six of the eight, and these are the last two. Yep. The Packers and the Bengals. Yep. Let's start with the Packers. Right now, what we know, I mentioned to you before the podcast that Pat Fitzgerald was a target. Moments ago, as we were recording this, mm-hmm. Northwestern won their bowl game 31-20 to against Utah. That was yesterday. Nice they job. won it. Pat Fitzgerald was asked about it in the post game or yeah, post game interview by Joel Klatt and basically turned down the job on live TV. Cool. So now Good. I will ask you this if this is the right one. Apparently the leading candidate for the Packers head coaching job, Josh McDaniels. What do you think about Joshy McDaniels? Working with Aaron Rodgers. I honestly, like I said, I think he should be b- blacklisted from ever having a head coaching job because of what he did to the Colts. Out. Um, and, and I know that people will say, but Bill Belichick did the same thing. Bill Belichick's situation was very different mm-hmm. in, in New York. Uh, but anyways. Because he was the OC taking the job. Yeah, like, He was, was with the Jets, got promoted, and then backed out. And the Jets kind of... Were were a little bad to him. Mm-hmm. The Colts were like, Josh, we're we're happy to have you. We've mm-hmm. look at all these things we've gotten you. We've <laughs> Jim Irsay not acting like Jim Irsay, right? We we have prepared a beautiful meal for you. Uh, where you at? We're we're at, <laughs> we're at the airport, ready to pick you where, up. Where you at? Um, but anyways, this is the place where Josh McDaniels fits. Mm-hmm. I don't think he fits anywhere else really. Even though I've said that there are places where maybe it could work, this is the place that he fits. Because he gets to work with the second-best quarterback in the NFL. Exactly. And if the if the Packers are going to say, well, Aaron Rodgers is as good or better as Tom Brady, mm-hmm. let him work with the guy that Tom Brady gets to work with. You know, And it's the same type of situation where, let's be real, Aaron Rodgers owns and runs that offense. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of control. You can let that kind of be a similar relationship here. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I don't know what you do on defense. 
and defense is a disaster mm-hmm. in uh in Green Bay. They need to fix that immediately uh if they ever want to have success for the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career. There are three coaches that I there are three coaches that I think will get this job. Mm-hmm. The first one, Josh McDaniels. He's leading the interest. If they offer him the job and he wants it, he'll take it. Mm-hmm. Number two, Adam Gase. He's a guy that can come in. I'll say this. Aaron Rodgers is almost this season kind of remind me a little bit of Jay Cutler, but with the better talent. Where sometimes the things that his attitude, I just think back and I go, yeah, if Jake, like, if he was not, not as good as he is and as good as Jay Cutler, like, people would hate him. And people wouldn't like him. Definitely. And there are people now that don't like Aaron Rodgers, even with how good he is. So Adam Gase worked with Jay Cutler. He can work with Aaron Rodgers as well. The third one is my furthest out, but I think it's the only other opportunity that goes to that defense, Vic Fangio. The only thing is, you mentioned, Fangio has said, I'm only leaving for the West Coast. Number two, would Fangio leave the Bears Mm -hmm. to go be the head coach of the arch rival of the Chicago Bears. Go further north to a place that's even colder. But if you want to replace that defense or bolster up that defense, I think Vic Fangio could be the guy. This one, I'm glad we saved it for kind of last because it was the easiest of, I think, Josh Josh McDaniels is your guy. Go get your guy. The and only, just hope that he stays. The only other thing that I think would have some type of potential success um, would be Jim Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I forgot he wants to come back. That's yeah, right. and part of that is Peyton Manning's, mm-hmm. you know, and that connection there. That would be an interesting one. But it's one of those things too, where once again you've got an old coach. Is he ready to truly come back and be successful, mm-hmm. or are you just going to hope that? He's going to be, you know, is it just a Mike Shanahan? Like, he was good once. Yeah. You know, he can be good again. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's the case. But, I mean, that's a great offensive mind who's worked with some great quarterbacks who mm-hmm. uh, could be successful. Last one, the Bengals. Yep. Didn't think it was going to happen. It happened. Marvin Lewis is out of town. Uh, first thing I want to ask you yeah. is – Hugh Jackson's not getting this job, right? I hope he does. Like he's, <laughs> I hope I kind of hope he does because like it'll just give the Browns even more motivation um, to beat the Bengals. But mm-hmm. to me, I look at it and go, he can't get this job, right? Like, is it was this their plan all along? Like Hugh Jackson comes in as the special assistant, and then special Marvin assistant gets, to the Mar- Marvin Lewis gets fired. And now Hugh Jackson becomes that. And Marvin Talk Lewis endorsed him. Marvin Lewis said Hugh Jackson's your guy. You should. So go that for should be him. a bad thing, right? Because they fired Marvin Lewis. And Marvin Lewis stepped down. Uh, Marvin Marvin Lewis was voluntold that he should quit. Uh, <laughs> You know, voluntold. It's just one of those. And the funniest thing about Marvin Lewis was he tried to get out last year. Mm -hmm. He wanted to step down last year. And the Bengals went, no, Marvin, please, no, we need you. We just won't be the same without you. And this year they're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe that was a good idea. They started off the season. They were the reverse Colts. Yeah. They were the reverse Colts, like five and one and then sputtered. They were making me feel pretty good about how confident I was in Joe Mixon and this team. And And then it all fell apart. Well, it's like the comment sections. They would Mm -hmm. make me try to eat my words about the Bengals. And I'd be like, don't worry, it's coming. It's coming. It didn't. I didn't hear. 
hear a single one after like week six. It did. It's kind of like you and, and uh, Sam old, Darnold. Yes, yeah. And I didn't. I even said I like Sam Darnold. He's just a did. rookie. And I still got shit about that. Um, but anyways, the Bengals to me are an interesting one because they've got a lot of like promise mm-hmm. uh, on the roster. Um, but I really have no clue what coach is going to be a guy who goes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if the if the Packers weren't available, if Mike McCarthy didn't get fired, the Bengals are probably the hottest job for anybody. Mm-hmm. But you have people attached to them like Hugh Jackson, who's a terrible head coach, should not be allowed to be a head coach. Offense coordinator, fine. Mm-hmm. You got Vance Joseph who once again did not do well, yet he's attached to Apparently, the Bengals. Apparently rumored interest was Vance Joseph. The only interview that's right now reported is Zach Taylor. The guy who I think makes sense to me and the mm-hmm. guy I target if I'm the Bengals, Greg Williams. Because he's a guy who can come in, give your team that attitude. He he knows the Browns, and, you, and the Browns just beat you bad. You've got guys on that team like Perfect that would. I feel like Perfect and Greg Williams would get along just. Fine. Oh, they would. Be, they would be. They'd be great. They'd be peachy. <laughs> they would. They would go out to lunch together. That's yeah. how. That's how good buds they. I would think be. that that's that's if it's not going to be the Browns, Greg mm-hmm. Williams would be a great fit for uh, for Cincinnati. I almost feel too like like this is the job that me that seems like outside interest. Nah, it's either like I feel like it's either Hugh Jackson's job or Bill Lazor's job. Mm-hmm. Like well, that's it. the offensive coordinator. It's or the kind Hugh of thing Jackson. that Bengals would do. But and that's what I kind of feel with it. Yeah. But like because on paper this team should win. They should be good. Like you look at it, like Bengal fans should have been excited. Coming into this year, you've got Joe Mixon in your backfield with Giovanni Bernard. You've got Andy Dalton as your quarterback. You've got wide receivers. You've drafted Billy Price to be your center last year in the draft. You got guys like you drafted Sam Hunter, Bates, uh, yep. the third being your safety. Like they've got guys, they have a team. It's just this team has been mediocrity because of the coaches at the top. And I almost feel I would not hire Hugh Jackson. If I was going to hire someone from within the organization, it'd be Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator. But this is the only job where I go, where do you go? Because do you want to bring like, are you going to bring in like a Zach Taylor who you're just hoping for success from the Rams tree? Um, Are you like Josh McDaniels? I see there's reported interest, but like, to me, he's a Packer until he says no or that the Packers hire someone else. And then, like you mentioned with Vance Joseph, we've seen that book before. And I like the only thing that would make me think Vance Joseph would do better here over his time in um, Denver is because of the quarterback. Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than what the Broncos have. And that is not saying much. Case Keenum was a step up from the garbage that they trotted out there in 2017. But that quarterback situation is still not as good as the Bengals. And with the Bengals, it's almost like, I feel like this is just going to be Hughes' job. Yeah. Like they're going to wait a couple days, interview who they interview, and then give the job to Hugh Jackson. And then the Bengals are in the hole for two or three years. But the last thing I want to mention is something that you mentioned before we recorded. This eight-team stretch that we went through is going to leave some lasting imprints on the NFL because, like you mentioned, 
not all of these are going to hit. Not all of these hires that are made are going to be, yes, Matt Nagy-type hires where they're not fired after three Definitely. years into their contract. Yeah, a lot of these these head coaches are going to get hired. I mean, eight eight coaching firings in one month is a record. It's the most. The NFL. You, you usually have like four or five mm-hmm. coaching vacancies. You have eight this year. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Not all these guys are going to hit. Some of these guys are going to get fired in two, three, two, four years. Two of them were surprises, though. No one expected the Bengals and Packers for sure. at the beginning but of the ha- year to but be But it happened. Happen. Yeah. You know, so in like two, three, four years, three, four, five of these guys are going to get fired again. Uh, and that there is going to have some lasting impact because then they're searching again. And they're going to search again. You know, mm-hmm. co- when you just have to keep firing these guys, you don't always get it right. Look at... A Cleveland. Look at Chicago for a while who couldn't get it right. You know, there are so many of these. Uh, look at Detroit. You know, well, look we, at a we lot went of these teams. Six of these eight teams hired or within the last three years have hired new head coaches exactly. and they're back again. It's the same thing that I say with quarterbacks. Teams that draft quarterbacks early continue drafting quarterbacks early mm-hmm. uh, because it's a crapshoot half the time. It's difficult to figure out if it's actually going to work, uh, especially when everyone's going to be looking for a Nagy. Everyone's going to be looking for a McVay because those guys were big surprises to mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially McVay was a big surprise. So it's going to be tough. It's going to have lasting impacts on the NFL, that's for sure. Well, it's like even just look at last year, I'll look at the NFC North in particular. Some teams will get a Nagy. And, I mean, with Nagy, what helped was trading for Khalil Mack. And getting that because that kind of and keeping Vic Fangio that was a huge thing that too, but then there's going to be Matt Patricia's, there's going to be Steve Wilkes where it's like you're not going to hit every time. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think, Mark. This is going to be a very long segment. We went through eight coaching vacancies. It's almost going to be an hour long. We'll be very close to an hour long when everything is edited. Mm But I hope you guys liked it. Let us know what you guys think about your vacancy, any of the vacancies down below in the comment section. But Mark, let's dive into our next topic. Take a look at the NFL playoffs. And we were right about some things. We were wrong about some things. We'll probably get into that later when we go through our predictions for the playoffs as they start this week. A question I wanted to ask you, though, and I prepped you and the listeners for it. Last week, because I knew, sure if they, I knew if they beat the Browns, we were going to have this discussion. So I'm basically just going to ask almost you. Didn't. They almost didn't. For the second straight year, they almost pooped the bed to an Ohio-based mm. team um, in Baltimore. But the Ravens, ever since making the switch from Joe Wacko Flacco to Lamar Action Jackson, they are, what would that be, 6-1 and one since that time? I believe they so, They were 4-5. Yeah. They finished ten and six. They were six and one. Their only loss in overtime. They could have been a perfect seven and zero going into the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. They've even played the team that they're going to play wild card weekend in the Chargers in Los Angeles. Beat them twenty two to ten with Lamar Jackson. Didn't throw a pick. Two hundred and four yards. One touchdown in that game. Also had thirty nine on the ground. The thing I'm going to ask you, Mark, is can Lamar Jackson lead the Ravens to a Super Bowl championship? No, I don't think he can. I I think that the hype is real. This defense is amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, the the Ravens have one of the best defenses in the NFL. 
which shouldn't surprise people because it was more surprising when the Ravens defense wasn't that good for a little bit. Um, and you know what the interesting thing is? We always say that these mobile quarterbacks can add wins to a team on their own mm-hmm. until the defense gets the tape and the defense catches up. But when you have this guy like Joe Flacco who can win you some games, but not all of them, and then you make a switch to a mobile quarterback who can go and win games on his own towards the end of the year, you don't give the defense that much time to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually kind of a not practical but interesting strategy to make that type of a change to one of these guys who's so explosive on their own. The problem is Lamar Jackson, you know, he is not a bad passer. I don't want to I don't want to put that out there, mm-hmm. but he's not as accurate as Joe Flacco. He it has a whole different aspect to his game that Joe Flacco doesn't have. But I get worried when I see teams coming up. The Chargers, great defense. If they get to play the Texans, great defense. You know, like these type of teams that can shut him down if they run into them. I don't know that they will run into these teams because the Ravens, at, well, obviously the Chargers, they do. But the Ravens at the four seed, if they win... They're probably going to end up playing. Well, they will play the Chiefs or the or the Patriots. They don't have an option to play the Texans. That's mm-hmm. not possible. But there are good defenses in there. Where one of these defenses, the way you're going to probably beat Lamar Jackson, and I know that they've already beaten the the uh, Chargers um, already. But you know that's a different story now. They'll have that tape. They can review it. The way you're going to beat him is by doing a couple of things. Make him throw the ball. You have to make him throw the ball because that's where his weakness lies. Mm-hmm. And it's not just him. Part of it is the uh, the play calling on this offense. They do a lot of designed runs. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. But that does a couple of things. Get your quarterback hurt. Ask you know Mike Vick. Ask RG3. Uh, that, of course, happens. But with the designed runs, if you can stop that, and you keep trying it, then you're just never going to challenge that defense by throwing the ball, of course. And when you keep stopping it, you're allowing that defense to pull men forward because mm-hmm. they don't trust your arm. They don't trust you. They're going to do what the commentators always say. They're going to dare you to throw the ball on them. Uh, and that's what I easily can see the Chargers doing uh, and if the Chargers can turn their stuff around offensively against this good defense, then that's going to be a much different game. But the the biggest thing, I don't think if this team goes to a Super Bowl, if it happens, it's not because of Lamar Jackson. It's because of the defense, obviously. The defense will kind mm-hmm. of force the rest of the team into that uh, position. I'm going to say yes, but mm-hmm. agreeing with you. Where I think that this team could be like it's weird because both of the wild card teams like are not wild card teams cuz technically the Chargers are the wild card team but I look at the Ravens but it's the wild card round. Yeah, but I'm talking about the yeah. teams that didn't win the division. I look at the Colts, I look at the Ravens and those two teams I'm like those are my dark horses in the AFC. I have a strong probability that the Colts are going to win their first game over the Texans just cuz it's a divisional game and plus how hot They've been playing, but mm-hmm. I look at the Ravens too, and it's the same thing. Of like, they were so close to being seven and zero in their last seven games since the bye, coming into 
this wild card game. They've already beat the Chargers before. However, you know me, Mark. I like going back and looking at the history. And we've seen this play out before. Do you remember which quarterback two years ago we might have seen this play out before in? A guy that I loved to not buy his hype. Um, and everyone his rookie year wanted to tell me how good his hype was, and I didn't want to buy Talking it. Talking about a Dak Prescott. Talking about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, his rookie year, 13-3 and Cowboy team. They were one of the best. Who did they play in their first playoff game? The Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. They and he, played the he pa- did decent in that game. But you look at it, too, mm-hmm. and the thing I find, and what I'm relating to this is, it doesn't matter, basically, what you did in the regular season. Because you look at that. Week six, they played at Green Bay. They got the win 30-16. to 16. You played Aaron Rodgers at home in the playoffs, you lost 34-31. to 31. So there's an e- just because you've beaten the Chargers before doesn't mean you're going to beat the Chargers again. And that's why I'm glad you brought up the deck. Prescott didn't play bad in that playoff game. He had three touchdowns, mm-hmm. one INT. To me, this team is going to ride or die on their defense. With that sure. being said, I think that this defense gives them a good opportunity to go far in these playoffs. Because if you look at it, let's say because they're the four seed, let's say they win and Houston wins. You're going into Arrowhead. If I am the Ravens, I feel more confident in that game than of any other team. Because, yeah, you might have lost against the Chiefs in Arrowhead, But it was a 27-24 overtime game. We can beat this team. We know what it takes to learn from our mistakes and beat that team. Would they definitely go in there and win it? Who knows? Patrick Mahomes could have five touchdowns that game and blow them out. But I would feel more confident with that. Then you go in the next round. The Patriots, to me, are a huge question mark. And I told this to Dave when I was out to dinner with him yesterday. I said... In our playoff predictions, I'm probably going to doubt the Patriots, and then they're going to make or win the Super Bowl. Like, it's just going to be, yeah, they're going to lose in the SC title game, and then they'll make or win the Super Bowl. Like, mm-hmm. they can turn it on, but everything this season, Tom Brady's attitude with the team, the wide receivers that he has around him right now, Gronk not being Gronk the entire season, this has been, I would say, perception-wise, the weakest Patriot team I have seen to where I look at the road for the Ravens, and I don't want to knock the Texans. The Texans could go into New England and beat the Patriots. Sure. But the Patriots are just the team I would have favored. The road for the Ravens, though, if Lamar doesn't turn over the football and this defense continues to play as strong as it has been, this team could ride to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. if the planets align for them in their playoff run. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the Ravens can win games. And part of that is Lamar Jackson's ability to extend plays. Mm-hmm. And his and he is so fast, and he can make people miss. But what I'm kind of counting on is a couple of things. There's tape out there now. They've seen it. Especially mm-hmm. the Chargers. They've played it already. The Chiefs, they've played it already. You know, these teams have seen this. Well, and with the Chiefs, they'll be coming off of a bye. And yeah. they'll be well-rested. And you've got game. some strong defenses that you're going to go up against for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, most of the teams on the AFC side are more offensive-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got some good teams. What I think is going to happen, any team that's going to play the Ravens, they are going to sit there and know 
It's probably going to be a close game because mm-hmm. that's a good defense. But we have to go out there and we have to make him throw against us because he doesn't do that that well. And it's not all his fault. Like I said, part of it's the play calling. The, scheme. the play calling wants him to be a mobile quarterback. They want him to run. They design it that way. After they drafted him and was like, no, we're going we're gonna to work on him to be a passer. No, you let him do what he's good with. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I do wonder... And I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson's going to mess up, but mm-hmm. let's say he goes out there against Chargers, throws like two picks or something like that. Is there any potential of them switching back to Joe Flacco? They could. I don't see it. I mean, you know, and I know this is different because Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning lost his job to Brock, uh, Brock the Cock, mm-hmm. uh, Osweiler, and then Peyton after. Now this is Week 17, but after Brock was kind of you know shitting the bed, Peyton Manning came back in and took the job back. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Now, I don't think so because Lamar Jackson, I think they really do know like he is the future. We're going to get rid of Joe Flacco. So I think they will stick with it. Um, but that's the way you got to do it. If you're going to beat the Ravens, you do have to challenge him to throw all over you. And I, he's going to struggle there. Well, and I look at his stats. The fewest passing attempts he's had in the game this year that he started since he became the starter was 19 that first yeah. game against Which is the understandable. Bengals. It's his first game. After that, his worst game, I would probably say, was either the 12, maybe the 12 of 21, if not the 12 of 22, against yeah. the Chargers. But still, mm-hmm. he completed what? If you look at percentages, the worst one was that Charger game where it was only 54% of his passes. Were his average completed. is 58%. That's not that good. You don't want to be sub-60. You want to be at that 60. That's the line we look at. But the thing you also look at, the only time he had more than an interception a game, the Ra- the Ravens, his second game. Like, mm-hmm. since his second game, he threw an interception, done two interceptions. I'd hope not. He's only, tr- he's only throwing the ball like 20 times. Hasn't thrown an if interception. If he throws two interceptions, that's 10% of his passes. Now, the thing that also comes into it is, like you mentioned, his yards on the ground. That Cleveland game, mm-hmm. he didn't have any touchdowns through the air, but he had two, yeah. almost three, because he went, oh, I'm going to pull the ball back. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have just put it out there, yeah. and it would have just crossed the plane. It would have been mistake. a touchdown. You'll learn from that. Um, but to me, I just, I just there's something about this Raven team that I look at it where, I mean, to maybe move over from Lamar a little bit, just the team in general. Mm-hmm. I kind of look back to, oh, who was it? Um, it was on first take. It was one of the former Giants. I think it was like Mario Manningham it mm-hmm. might have been. Um, no, it was Victor Cruz. That's who it was. Victor Cruz um, was talking about how there he's like, there was one season where we started off like one and six. And we're like, it's like, we're not going to make the playoffs. Boom. We go on a run. Yep. We get the wild card. He goes, we won the Super Bowl that year. Nine so and it's 17. Like, you can kind of... Go ahead and mm-hmm. change your fortunes like that. The only thing that I find, it, and this is about this playoff matchup in general between the Ravens and the Chargers, is I almost wish that it wasn't the Ravens versus the Chargers because both of these teams are so hot right now. Yeah. Ravens, like I mentioned, six and one in their last seven. The Chargers really like before they're by five and two. After they're by, let's see if I do the math, what, seven and two? Mm-hmm. Like they have they've just been consistently hot 
all the way through to where I almost don't want a team to lose this game, but I know it has to happen. Yeah. And here's the thing that I look at for for them. I mean, the defense is great, you know, and, and the topic is more about Lamar Jackson than the yeah. team. You know, I don't want to take anything with that. I think any game they play is going to be a close game. But I look at this Charger matchup that they have. This was probably his best passing mm-hmm. that he had. Um, just a little bit over, you know, 50%. He's a 54% completion, 12 of 22. Um, one touchdown. The thing that surprises me is that the Chief, or not the Chiefs, the Chargers knew how to take away his weapon. Mm-hmm. They didn't let him run the ball on them. 13 attempts, 39 yards. They were able to stop him from running. No running touchdowns. If they can do that again, I think that they can do that. Because I think that the Chargers were a little surprised of like, oh, he does have a bit of an arm. Mm-hmm. He can throw the ball on us. Not amazingly, necessarily, in a 68, uh, his long was a 68-yard pass in that game. That helps out with that, you know, 204 yards mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. He's averaging about 10 yards a carry, or I mean a pass with that. But... They did challenge him, and unfortunately, they lost a little bit. Part of that was honestly just the Chargers' offense couldn't do it against mm-hmm. the Ravens' defense. Yeah. So if they can figure that out, which they've got all the pieces that because, they need. Like you look at Phillip Rivers' numbers that game: hundred and eighty-one, mm-hmm. zero of two touchdown to interception. Yeah, the rushing, and I get that with the Chargers rushing, it's like, yeah, Melvin Gordon only had 41 yards. Really look at what they're doing receiving-wise. Mm-hmm. They weren't doing much of that because, I mean, I just mentioned Phillip Rivers' numbers. So, I yeah. mean, that's also another thing with the Chargers is if we look at the history, they're usually a team that, co- like, if they come in hot, mm-hmm. they usually poop the bed a little they bit. They cool off. And it's like, oh, wow, the Chargers, I thought they were going to do something, and then they don't. Like, yeah. are we going to see that from a Charger team like we've seen so many times in the past? Well, it's possible. It certainly is. Um, Lamar Jackson's interesting to me. But the, the thing I want to say, though, mm-hmm. because of fears of RG3, this, Who's on this team? He is. This <laughs> team needs to stop running so much with Lamar. Mm-hmm. You know, look at a guy like Cam Newton, a guy who ran all the time, doesn't run so much anymore if he doesn't have to. He he's going to throw the ball a little bit more often. You got to turn Lamar Jackson into that, a guy who's going to pass more often. Mm-hmm. Chicago, we just saw it with Mitch Trubisky. We love how much he runs, then he gets hurt, and all of a sudden it was like. Hey, Mitch, maybe you don't run so much anymore. Maybe you slide a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Um, because you don't want this valuable weapon, the guy who, without Lamar Jackson, this team is not probably in the playoffs right now. And I know a ton of it is the defense, and the defense is the one that made the interception. They stopped Baker Mayfield. But with Joe Flacco, this team probably would not Steelers go on the run. would be in the Yeah, they wouldn't have right gone now. on the run. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see Baker Mayfield in his uh, post game conference mm-hmm. said something like, "Oh, it's going to be you know me and Lamar in this in this division." Uh, to which I, that's just one of those things where you're like, "Calm down, buddy." You're just trying to you're trying to get people to hate you. Yeah, I'm like just just calm down a little bit there. But also the fact is like I don't doubt that Baker Mayfield's going to be here for a while. It's Will Lamar. Will Lamar be healthy, or are they going to ruin him mm-hmm. like the Redskins ruined RG three? Mm-hmm. That's the fear because that happens. And, and Redskin fans can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe there was like at the mm-hmm. time with RG three, 
the coaches would tell him, throw the ball away. You yeah. don't need to run. It was more of an RG3 thing of like, hey, I got to extend the play. I got to keep this going for my team. And I've, I'm going to go and use my legs and run instead of just saying, oh, I can throw it away and live to see another down. Yeah, and, and I know here with, with the Ravens, <laughs> mm-hmm. they are very into, let's do some designed runs. We've got the weapon. Let's use it. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see what happens in our predictions. We're going to hold that off until the um, final segment. So if you're waiting for that, go check it out on YouTube. Or if you're on the podcast, just keep listening on through. But let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. What do you expect from the Ravens-Chargers matchup this year? Can the Ravens make a run with Lamar Jackson and be a Super Bowl team even or even, yeah, that's how I'll say it, or even a Super Bowl winning team in 2018-2019? But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic. Kind of moving away from the playoffs, we were originally going to stay in and talk about uh, Nick Foles and the Eagles and the Philly special and something in there. Can they beat the Bears? No, bear down is what Mark Obviously. would have said because Super Bowl, Super Bears. But we're doing a little bit of an audible here, changing things mm-hmm. up. Before we got into the studio today, Antonio Brown has asked for a trade, requested a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Apparently, and this is from the CBS Sports article I'm looking at, the tension between Brown and Roslisberger boiled over last week when the two players got into a heated dispute before a practice. The dispute was so serious that it caused Brown to skip practice for the rest of the week and to sit out the team's season finale against the Bengals on Sunday, although Roethlisberger downplayed the incident on Tuesday. He did admit that Brown won't return his calls or his texts. And, uh, that's the famous quote of Ben Roethlisberger saying, well, mm. if there's anything going on, I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. Um, so basically, Antonio Brown wants out of Pittsburgh. It's a kind of another drama-filled situation for yep. the Steelers after the whole Le'Veon Bell situation. And now this. There was also the A-B thing of last year, which after the final game, he was live-streaming a rant from the locker room. So we're going to just kind of talk about possible landing mm-hmm. spots, best landing spots for Antonio Brown. I'm going to let you start it off, Mark. Okay. Who is the first team that you think would be the best landing spot for Antonio Brown? Well, the first thing I want to put out there is that this is an incredibly difficult one to make because he's been paid and mm-hmm. he gets paid a lot of money. And they're um, going to be asking for a lot. Yeah, they'll be asking for a lot if they're even considering doing it. And the flip side, I also want to say, just to uh, this is going to make some Sealer fans angry, of – with Le'Veon's situation, how that didn't work out, with not making the playoffs, with a soon-to-be 37-year-old quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and who a, could be retiring soon. Yeah, uh, who has multiple times talked about retiring. You know what? Get off that ship. If it, it's a ship that looks like it's sinking. You're you saying, see the water you're rising. You're saying A.B. should get yeah, off that. Okay. get off the ship. I'm totally okay with A.B. wanting out. Um, I think that makes sense. I get it completely in this case. But it's going to be hard to do. And they couldn't get anybody to really bite on Le'Veon Bell, Mm -hmm. that trade. So maybe they're asking too much. They're evaluating too high for what they want. The place that I can see this may be making some sense, but I don't know that this team is ready to do it, is uh, the Oakland soon-to-be Las Vegas Mm. Raiders. Because they've Mm. got Mike Mayock and John Gruden going on. They've got some cap room. Mm -hmm. They've got some picks. They can make things happen to get a 
incredible wide receiver for which they need one. They just traded away Amari Cooper yeah. for Derek Carr, assuming that they want Derek Carr to continue being their quarterback. Mm-hmm. No, that is one that I didn't even think about. But here's mm-hmm. the thing with that, and the first thing that comes to my mind is would the Baron Cowboy picks be enough, or would the if you're giving two of the three, would the Steelers mm-hmm. go, no, 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 we want your pick. We want that top ten pick, and then we'll take, like, the Bear or Cowboy one, whichever one is lower. They might, but you know what? That Pittsburgh pick, it's not a super, uh, it's kind of a middle-of-the-pack type of pick, so it's mm-hmm. not like they're at the very end of the draft. Yeah. Um. So anything is going to be worthwhile for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they necessarily need to do that because it's not like they're a complete disaster team. They've got a lot of great pieces. They just mm-hmm. need to kind of reestablish some things. Um, so I don't think they can be that picky. First-round picks are first-round picks. You know, you you can't be that picky about mm-hmm. it. You would rather have the higher one being the Raiders one, but you can't go that crazy. Uh, don't be too greedy. And, I mean, what you could always do, too, is if the Ra- Raiders wanted to, mm-hmm. let's say John Gruden's like, hey, we're getting A, B. They could just do a, hey, let's do a pick swap. Yeah. Where basically you can have our pick at the top of the draft, we'll take your pick, and then John Gruden, because John Gruden I don't think mm-hmm. cares about having, like, unless there's a guy at the top of the draft he really likes, I don't think any he's going to care. Wh- yeah, any Gruden grinders. Mm-hmm. Um, no quarterback to replace Derek Carr. That one's an interesting one, because I know John Gruden wants he, the whole big thing about getting veterans in here. Yeah, And Antonio Brown would be like... That would also, I think, kind of smooth things over with Gruden and Carr, where it's like Carr's upset that you traded Amari Cooper because I'm trying to sit here and win games. And John Gruden can say, here, I'm giving you a weapon better than Amari Cooper. Yeah. I'm giving you one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the game. I'm going to go a little bit different from you. The 49ers, make it happen. And the reason why I say that mm-hmm. is – you got Jimmy Garrett, this this kid Jimmy Garoppolo uh, coming in off an of injury that is supposed to be better than Nick Mullen. God, that pissed me off. It still pisses me off when like first take had the is Nick Mullins better than Jimmy Garoppolo? It's like no, he's not. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the greatest quarterbacks and would have made the playoffs if he was healthy. Calm down there. I feel I feel like this 49er team mm-hmm. that second round or that second overall pick. Might be because look at what you're going to do. Are you just going to get a defensive guy and get like a uh, Gary or a Williams, mm-hmm. bring them in, okay, bolster that defense? Or you know what? Let's trade it. Let's give it to the Steelers. They could even do a pick swap too if they wanted to and give extra picks. Let's get Antonio Brown on this team. Give Jimmy Garoppolo a weapon to throw to. They're supposed to get not just Jimmy back, but Jarek McKinnon back next year because he got injured before the season even started. Yeah. You look at George Kittle, who is one of the surprise tight end stories, I would say, from this year. Looks like a valuable weapon with that team to where they are a team that I think if they got Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. solidify them as a playoff team. I'm not saying like Super Bowl or anything, but solidify them as a team that can challenge the Seahawks for their wild card throne and even maybe challenge the Rams for the top of the NFC West. Although I would probably put the 49ers as a lock for a wild card if they got Antonio Brown on that team. 
there there are two other teams that really stand out in my head as teams mm-hmm. that realistically can do this. Um, I won't give my number one besides the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are to me they're the ones that make the they're most the sense. They're the one. They're they're my number one. I'll give my number three and then mm-hmm. my number two. Um, number three is the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Young quarterback who looked better towards the end of the year. He started making things work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that's always had a good defense. But what they really need is a weapon to help out that young quarterback. Uh, they've had plenty of failed experiments at wide receiver mm-hmm. over these years. The Buffalo Bills could do it. They got plenty of cap space to make it happen. Um, I, I think it would work. Now, I don't necessarily know what they would have to give up as far as picks to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I'm going to say it this time, actually for all three of mine are all AFC uh, teams, but I don't know that the Steelers are going to want Antonio Brown still in the AFC either. They might prefer him to be in the NFC mm-hmm. far further away from home. Um, but I think the Buffalo Bills would love to have a sure thing type of quality wide receiver. So I've got two teams I'm thinking about. Well, three that popped into my head. And mm-hmm. all of these next three are probably wish list scenarios for me. Yeah. The one that popped into my head, I just want to feel how you would feel about this. Okay. If the Falcons called up and said, let's do a Julio Jones for AB swap. No. Because Julio Jones, there has been mm-hmm. a little bit, not like Antonio Brown-like tension, but there's been tension yeah. between Julio and... The Falcons, that one just popped into my head of like, what if the Falcons did that? Hey, nah. we'll give you Julio. You still get a prime wide receiver. Mm-hmm. We get a prime wide receiver in AB. All the drama goes away. And we can just work with those teams. The other two mm-hmm. is if the Panthers could try to add him onto their team and give Cam Newton a weapon. Mm-hmm. And the other one, which to me would be a higher likely than the Panthers because of their pick. But how would that affect them getting a quarterback? Jacksonville. If Jacksonville can get Joe Flacco without having to move that first round first round pick this year, yeah. I think they could get both Joe Flacco mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown on their team. The the Jaguars can't make it happen just for their their cap is going to be a big issue. They've got one of the worst cap situations mm-hmm. coming into next year. It's not that it's impossible. What if like they, you can always what make if they it move work. Players. Yeah, you can always mm-hmm. make it work. And and that's the thing that we like to say when we have these discussions is the GM, you figure out how you make mm-hmm. it work. We're saying you need it. Yeah. You know, and they need wide receivers desperately. Because, I mean, there's on the CBS article, like mm-hmm. they mentioned the Packers. I don't see how the Packers do it with Aaron Rodgers' contract with they how would much have, money. They would have trouble with, with their cap issues, but they it's more doable for the mm-hmm. Packers, but and still the, hard. And the other one would be the, the Dolphins make some good sense because – I mean, I don't know if they would want to because they're mm-hmm. looking for a new head coach. But, like, you look at it, they traded Jarvis Landry. What better way to get a true number one back on that team for hopefully a healthy Ryan Tannehill? Who's your number one, though? Because I'm itching to hear Well, this is my number say. two, technically. You're, uh, well, you're number two. Raiders are my number one. I gave it in a weird okay. order. Um, but this team I was excited about, but I wanted to put this other caveat mm-hmm. in there because it depends on how they do in the playoffs. I think to an extent, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, they would are you, flourish. Are you trying to match AB. Ty with AB? Oh yeah, it'd be beautiful. If you can, I mean, and I know that in that case, Steelers would be like, 
yeah, okay, give us T.Y. Uh, <laughs> but like, if they can trade some some picks to make this happen, they've got all the cap space in the mm-hmm. world. They just got their quarterback back. Their offensive line appears to actually be working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, I know they've got some defensive things they need to work out, but screw defense. Get Antonio Brown and you're mm-hmm. settled. You know, like you will be an amazing team offensively if you can get that. Frank Reich would be thrilled to have a guy like AB. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm just looking at right now, I'm looking at the draft order to see if there's any other teams. The one that pops into my head that this is an outside looking in, mm-hmm. but if they got them, what would it look like? The Jets, like if the Jets yeah. could make that, they work desperately need a wide receiver and get like, and that's a team in the AFC that I think the Steelers mm-hmm. wouldn't mind giving them to because they might be like a hey that fucks over the Patriots way before it fucks over. Yeah, us. can you beat the Patriots up a little bit? Yeah, it beats them before it beats us because you play the Patriots yeah. twice a year. The only thing that's difficult right now with this trade, like in the article I looked at, they mm-hmm. mentioned the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm like, but they're looking for a new head coach right now. Let them get that new head coach, and then we can kind of see them. The one that intrigued me the most is the John Gruden one because that is, to me, the one that makes the most sense because mm-hmm. they have three picks to move. Yep, John Gruden's not afraid to go ahead and make a trade, even if it's to us, like mm-hmm. a boneheaded move. Like moving Amari Cooper, I don't think many people would have done that. He said, screw it, I'm going to go ahead and do yep. it. Moving Khalil Mack, like that trade alone, it was like, wait, what happened? Yeah. What? He got, what? He's in Chicago, huh? And yet again, he pulled the trigger on that. And let's be honest, with the 25th or 27th, Overall picks right now, I would probably, if we did a mock draft today, have a wide receiver going to the Raiders with either one of those picks. Yep. The only thing that I think, and this is the last thing, probably we should have started with this, but I'll say it now, is the thing that's going to be funny is what is going to be the asking, what's going to be the asking price for Antonio Brown, Mm -hmm. and what are the Steelers going to kind of expect that price to be because yeah. that could be a thing where they're so vastly different to where a deal might not even get done. And I think judging by Le'Veon Bell and what they were looking for and teams being like, yeah, no, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be they a lot. wanted a first. Oh, they wanted multiple firsts. Okay. Is what I thought it was. And assuming with Antonio Brown, who's under contract and playing, not holding mm-hmm. out that they would want the same thing. And he's the franchise. <laughs> He said it himself. He's the franchise. Don't touch me. I'm the franchise. So you better get some good stuff if you're trading the franchise. I will be completely honest. I love this drama that's going down with the Steelers right now. Mm-hmm. Only because I've kind of been low-key on the uh, fire Mike Tomlin train for a couple of years now. I don't like, have any issues with Mike Tomlin. I just uh, I feel like with a different head coach, uh, mm-hmm. we're we're talking about Adam Gase losing the locker room, and this is not losing the locker room with your high high profile players. Well, I don't know. You, Big Ben said he didn't see anything. <laughs> Big Ben didn't see a lot of things apparently. Yeah. But I mean, you got the franchise as AB calls himself. You got the franchise unhappy, mm-hmm. and I know what people are going to say. Oh, it's funny that a wide receiver um, is throwing a big hissy fit and is kind of acting like a diva here. But I I just, I love it because I kind of have been on that train where, hey, Mike Tomlin is not it. Like, yeah, he'll win games. It's been a little he'll get bit you since two. he's truly gotten you 
to where you want to yeah. be. Like I'm I'm looking at it and uh do you wanna know what's funny about the last time they missed the playoffs? Hmm. The last time they missed the playoffs was the last time the Chargers were in the playoffs. And what do we there have this go. year? The Steelers out of the playoffs and the Chargers are in there. But like ever since that Super Bowl win, they lose to the Packers in the Super Bowl, then wild yep. card loss, wild card loss, divisional loss, AFC championship loss, divisional loss. They've only been to that AFC title game once since 2010. So, I mean, I look at it and I'm like, this could be some writing on the walls in the future for Mike Tomlin as well. Any final thoughts with this AB segment before we move into our picks for the playoffs? Only that realistically, I don't think this is going to happen. You don't think he gets traded? No. What do you? What would you put a percentage at that he gets traded this offseason? Like 20. 20? What yeah. about after, does it change after the draft? Does it go down after the draft? Definitely, because, because then teams have taken their wide receivers if they wanted one. Mm-hmm. Plus, you don't have those and 2019 picks. Yeah, and there's trade. always that hype of, yeah, that wide receiver I got in the fifth round. I know they're going to be good. It's going to be a good one. Oh, like the Packers with Equiminius St. Brown. I wanted him to do well. He did do okay this year. We all wanted him to do well year. because of his name. Yeah, and plus, I mean, with Chicago Land area, I mean, Notre Dame guy. So everyone around no. here wanted to just... <laughs> don't, ca- don't care about... I've never understood the Chicago love for Notre Dame. Well, it's, Makes, I know there's so many Irish people here, it. but it's it doesn't make South sense. That's it. It's Southside Irish thing. That's 110% what yeah. it is. It's dumb. It's not in Chicago land. Well, I guess it is in Chicago well, land, but it's not in Illinois. That's what I uh that's what I said on uh Saturday when I was hanging out with mm. uh Dave and Sean. I want Notre Dame to move to the Big 10 because then the Chicago's Big 10 team. Yeah, cuz Northwestern can't use that anymore because more people in Chicago like Notre it's Dame not, than Northwestern. It's not the amount of people. It's the fact that Notre Dame is literally like 20 minutes from Chicago. Yeah, isn't it further than 20 minutes? It's in Evanston. It's right oh, there. No, I thought you were talking about Notre Dame. No, no, no. Notre Dame, yeah, that's going to be hour and a half, I think. Yeah, but, I thought I thought you were talking about but South, honestly, South though, Bend. When you're talking about this whole, like, you know, well, they're not in, in Illinois, but they're close. Notre Dame, Wisconsin-Madison is not that far. You know, from, like, it's a similar distance to Notre Dame. To where we're at right now, and I know that we're... Nobody cares, but it's, it's like on the podcast an now. An hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, that's about the same South amount Bend. of time it would take you to get to Wisconsin-Madison. Just saying. Just Let's saying. See, if I type in Chicago exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, hour 36. We're in Chicago. Yeah, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. I typed... At first I did my location, which takes off about a minute or two. Okay. Because of where we are in the city. But I mean... Yeah, hour and 36 is what we're looking at right now. If we were like, fuck it, we're going to get in the car yeah. and go all the way to South Bend. But by train, it would take us two and a half hours to go by train. How long would it take us to walk? Let's find that out since we're going through all these possible <laughs> can scenarios. We, can, we, can I do that? Uh, on Google, yeah, it's usually an option. My computer died. So that's my computer saying, right. hey, Ricky, close this segment. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. Will AB be traded? What's the asking price? And what are some possible landing spots for Antonio Brown? But, Mark, let's move into our final segment. And this is usually where I say, oh, like we always do, we make our picks. But we're not making picks this week because we're making our predictions for the entire playoffs. And the reason why we're not making wildcard picks, they're going to be in here so you can kind of 
You'll talk figure about it out. that yeah. a little bit when you make them. So how I do it, if you're on podcast services around the world, you're just going to have to listen right on through. Mark gives his. Are we going to do round by round? No, we're just going to do your whole bracket until my the, whole br- until, until the Super Bowl. Yeah, we get we don't give our Super Bowl winner. Yeah, yeah, but we'll do your whole bracket, my whole bracket, instead of doing the yeah. round v round stuff. Because on YouTube, you're going to see Mark's bracket while he's talking through it, so you can see the team's highlight and fill in from there. So I'm going to let you go first, cool. Mark. Take us through. You can start AFC or NFC. With your yep. bracket top to bottom. Alphabetical order here. Let's start in the AFC. Uh, the the Colts versus the Texans is probably one of the most interesting matchups, I think. More in this interesting one. than Ravens Chargers. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Because you got the hottest team with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredibly hot. And when I mean hot as well is this is a team that looks like they could win a Super Bowl right True. now. Uh, they are coming on just hot. You have a team, the team that should have been last year with the Texans, mm-hmm. having everything go right. You know, this year for them, they're they're not facing those injuries. This is going to be a very difficult one uh, and a great matchup. Andrew Luck versus Deshaun Watson. I can't wait to see it. The key here, Colts' offensive line has to hold up. That's what it is because this Texans defense is amazing. That pass rush is deadly. If the Colts' offensive line stands up, I think they're going to win it. That's why I'm going to pick the Colts. Okay. Moving over, Chargers-Ravens. I've already kind of said a little bit of my opinions on this one. The Chargers know how to stop Lamar Jackson's run game. Mm-hmm. What they needed to do, because they already did that once this year, and they're lost to the Ravens. What they needed to do was figure out how to also stop him from passing. The only time he's thrown for over 200 yards was against the Chargers. Um, and I say the only time he's thrown for over 200 yards, that's not that impressive. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the kind of wild card here because it's going to be a close game because of the Ravens defense, but I'm going to ride with the chargers on this one because they've already stopped his running game. Once watch the tape. If they figure out how to stop him passing the ball, they'll win this game. It'll be very tight, but they can win it. Flip over to the NFC, uh, Chicago bears versus the Eagles bears are super bowl, super champions here. Uh, so obviously they're going to win this one, put them all the way through, right? Pretty much. Uh, but you know, here's the thing. They're just, they have a really good defense. They're going to match up well at home against this Eagles team. That's stumbling special. And the Bears have done this Philly special multiple times. You're not afraid at all. A little bit is not afraid of Mm -hmm. what the Eagles can do once the playoff calendar turns. Oh, I actually am in the sense of, of the teams in here, in this whole wildcard round, Mm -hmm. I think the Eagles are the deadliest, or like the scariest Mm -hmm. team, I should say. Because they're Super Bowl champions. Mm -hmm. The Super Bowl MVP, they waited... They know how it is. You don't awaken the monster until it's time. You saw Aquaman. Aquaman mm-hmm. waited a long time before he unleashed the Kraken or whatever yeah. the hell that giant monster was. Unless until he got his comic book yeah. armor. And then he was like, now I will use this giant deadly monster to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what the Eagles are doing here. They're waiting to unleash Big Dick Nick <laughs> to come out here and just whip it out and B- beat everybody. BDN? Yeah. BDN? Uh but, you know, obviously this Eagles team is going to be pretty good, and mm-hmm. they can cause some damage, but Which, I'm going to roll with the Bears on By it. the way, I will ask you this, is mm-hmm. the Eagles' incentives, yeah. $1 million would have been owed to uh, Nick Foles if mm-hmm. he made the playoffs and played 33% of his snaps. Made the playoffs, only played 32. If you're yeah. If you're the owner in uh, 
Jed Lowry, do you pay him his one million in incentives? I would. If if you are a stand up respectable organization, you pay the man. You say close enough. It's mm-hmm. that teacher. You know, you got an eighty nine point seven percent on on uh, your final grade, and the teacher goes, "That's an A." <laughs> you know, it's that. But uh, exactly. They and it's interesting too because they paid a lot of people. They gave them a two million dollar bonus mm-hmm. last year after the Super Bowl. Are they going to continue to be that respectable organization? I think they will. Uh, anyways, Bears are going to win that one mostly because of the defense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's just that defense is going to be tough for any team to beat, especially when the Bears are at home. Flip over uh, to this other game, Seahawks-Cowboys. This one is another one where you got a really hot team in the Seahawks mm-hmm. that are really starting to turn things on and play right. And then you got a team like the Cowboys who did what they needed to, They've won their games, but they're one of the weaker teams, I think, in the wild card round. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Back to AFC. Thing I want to point out about your wild card, which mm-hmm. is interesting to me, you only have one home team winning. You have three yep. road teams winning and only one home team. And I home teams do have good advantages, and lower seeds, like first, second seeds, always do have good advantages. But that advantage is... I. I, I would have it's to greater really, in the division. Yeah, round. it's a little weaker in the wild card uh, because you get a lot of teams that are pretty equal, mm-hmm. except for you know the Bears, who are the best team in uh, NFL history. Uh, but anyways, to go on uh, to my AFC side, number one seed Chiefs versus number six seed Colts. I love these Colts right now; they're looking hot, but they're not going to be hot enough i think this is a great shootout chance as long as andy reed doesn't pull on andy reed and really mess it up here uh you know forget about the running game bad clock management bad play calling i'm gonna pick the chiefs to win this one they're just too good of a team they've got the who i'm gonna say should be the uh nfl's mvp in patrick mahomes Mm -hmm. they should get this one then we got the chargers versus the patriots this is the one where i of all these, I can sit there and say, yeah, this is who I think is going to win. This is the one that's the hardest for me to pick. Number two seed, uh, Patriots versus number five seed, Chargers. I really do want to pick the Patriots as that kind of been there, done that team. They know what they're doing. They know what they're going for. But there's just been a little bit of some issues with these Patriots this year. It's been a rougher year. Tom Brady's got nobody really of any quality to throw the ball to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this defense, it's not, I mean, it wasn't amazing last year, but it's not quite what they need either. So I'm going to actually go with the Chargers to to upset the Patriots here. Um, moving over to NFC, we're going to have the Saints playing the Seahawks. Once again, tough match. I think if anybody's got the best chance to beat the Saints, it probably is the Seahawks. The unfortunate part. It's on the road, and Seahawks (laughs) don't play that well on the road. Therefore, we're going with the Saints. It's going to be really hard to go into the Dome and beat them. Bears versus Rams. Bears have beaten the Rams at home. The question is, can they beat them on the road? Uh, That defense does travel really well. Uh, And the thing that they did best was put the pressure on Jared Goff, and Jared Goff kind of folded. If they can do it again, if they can repeat that, they win this game. If they can't repeat that success of putting pressure on him, I don't think that the Bears' offense will probably keep up with that uh, offense of McVay's. But they held him to, what was it, 14-6, to I think was that game. Mm -hmm. So they held him to six points last time. I'm going to ride that the Bears can do it again. Bears beat the Rams. Duh, obviously. (laughs) 
one more time, flipping back to the AFC. I got the number one seed Chiefs versus the number five seed Chargers. I don't think that the Chargers are really going to keep up against the Chiefs. I think Chiefs get a pretty Although this would be ride. the third meeting between them, and the Chargers yep. have almost had their number. They have, but the Chiefs still tend to come out looking good. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just one more. Everything's been going right. This offense is like almost a perfect offense. It's got everything you want. Uh, they're going to ride into into a Super Bowl. Flipping over one more time, we've got the Saints and the Bears. This feels familiar. We've seen this in 2006 uh, when the Saints came marching in and lost to the Chicago Bears as the Bears <laughs> go into the playoffs. Unfortunately, I don't know that the Bears can pull off the magic again. Even though I want a Super Bowl, Super Bears... There's a certain team that I said was going to win the well, Super Bowl. You just feel the Bears couldn't beat the Chiefs, and I know you. You rather, unless you think the Bears will win, you rather lose in the NFC. If title I'm actually, game. if I'm the Bears, I feel more confident against the Chiefs than I do the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I know that there's some people out there that would really freak out about that, but the Chiefs have slowed down mm-hmm. towards the later half of the season, as Andy Reid typically does. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Saints are very experienced in the playoffs. They know how to do it. Before I give mine, I want to ask you a question. Because yeah. Sean brought this up. And that meant up. that the Saints win, by the Sean way. Sean brought this up while we were watching the college football semifinals because his mm-hmm. Notre Dame Fighting Irish were in it. Yeah. How'd he they said do? he disagrees so with good. you. Mm-hmm. Where you have always said with your team, you rather lose in the conference title game mm-hmm. instead of losing the Super Bowl. Well, he's seen his team lose in the Super Bowl like three times. He's yeah. used to it. But why, why mm-hmm. do you go through that? Because I feel like... It was the same answer that I gave, yeah. but because you convinced, like, you recruited me into mm-hmm. that mindset. I was yeah. never in that mindset until I heard you talk about it. I'm like, you know what? You're right, and I have now been recruited your, into the church of Mark Webber. Seeing your team lose in the final game is crushing. I mean, you've seen it once. That's the most exciting thing ever. Mm-hmm. You know, your team is there. You know they're going to win. Because it's just right. Your team deserves to win. They're the mm-hmm. best team out there. They're way better than that other team. One team stands in their way. You know they're going to win. You go to the Super Bowl party, or you've been staying up late watching those World Series games, you know, whatever it is. You're there, and you're like, this is amazing. I know we've got it. I am ready. And then they lose. <laughs> and that ruins your night. And it ruins the entire season for you. You are just like... Absolutely pissed. What went wrong? We should have won this game. If you lose in the conference championship game, you're like, all right, at least I can enjoy the Super Bowl. I'm a little bitter because my team's not there, (laughs) but hey, I can enjoy a Chiefs-Saints Super Bowl here Mm -hmm. and just root as a uh, kind of neutral fan. You brought up the World World Series, and I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. all those NL wildcard, those NL championship series that we lost, don't even remember them. But if we were lost to the Indians in the World Series in that yeah. Game 7, I'd still be fucking That's the pissed thing. about it. I don't really think that often about losing to the Packers in the uh, NFC Championship game. But you think about losing I to the Colts? I think about losing to the Colts. I think about that. I remember that game. And I'm thinking back. I remember back, those emotions being pissed. I am thinking back. The Cubs, I've never seen them lose in a World Series. Thank God. Because they don't go that often. Um, well, <laughs> the one they went to, they yeah. won. Um, then the Bulls, I've never seen Bulls them don't lose, lose. Yeah, they don't lose in a championship. championship. It's a Chicago thing. The Vikings have never gone in my lifetime, so I've never seen that. And then the Blackhawks. Yep. I haven't seen the Blackhawks lose in the Stanley Cup, I don't think. Nope. I think they've won every single one. The The Tampa Bay Lightning one was close. Yeah. 
but we pulled that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruins was also. I know close. you're not a White Sox fan, but White Sox went in in our lifetime and exactly. won. Exactly, they never lost. So they swept it. Um, I'm trying to think. Like the Patriots, you win so many of them. Like it doesn't. But that's the thing for them. for Sean too. He's numb to it because he's seen his team lose mm-hmm. so many times and win so many times. Yeah, to where like for him, it's just like, oh, Super Bowl's on. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell me how. Tell me how it ends. You know, Except obviously that not. Is he's the watching it, of Sean. but like at that point, he's seen it, so it doesn't necessarily have that same if you, effect. If, if you saw the Snapchat story that he made from the night that they won mm-hmm. against the Falcons, Sean gets very into the game. Also, one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the segment, I'm going to mention sure. now. I have a bone to pick with Viking fans, okay? Um, because I am unhappy with everything that I have seen following our loss to. You guys in week 17 with the hating of Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. bat, like we should fire Spielman, they should. fire Zimdog, mm-hmm. like the sky we is cut falling. Kirk Cousins too. And I get it. And Delvin Cook. You're upset that we didn't get in. Mm-hmm. But I think of this, and this is kind of the thoughts that I've had going into it. Number one, I know you might not have liked the answer, but Kirk, Kurt is right. What Shanahan told him when he got into the league of 31 other teams do not meet their goal. 31 other teams are failures at the end of the season. So you're looking at it, we're just one of the ones that didn't get in. I don't know what you're talking about. The Browns met their goal, (laughs) not being winless. You could have. I do get the side of like Mm -hmm. maybe Kurt should have – kind of owned up a little bit and said, yeah. like, hey, that's on me. But also, my second point, Rome wasn't built in a day. I feel like Viking fans, we were spoiled because the last mm-hmm. time we got a free agent quarterback, mm. he, boom, brought us to and, the NFC title And you game. guys did look like you were one player away. But we're not. Did you you see like that it. offensive? Like, you've that's been what saying I've been the saying. whole year. Yeah. Did you see that offensive line? Like, I'm just going to say. People and, got a little... And blinded Viking fans. This is coming from a Viking fan. So mm-hmm. when I say it this way, don't get mad at me. R E L A X. Relax. I do have an honest question. It's going to be okay. The sky is mm-hmm. not falling. Next year's a new year. Maybe it's the Cub fan mm-hmm. in me, but yeah. we're going to be fine. That helps. You're trained well. We're going to uh, be fine. But I think that some Joe, of the biggest problems— Joe Madden didn't do it in one year, and we were expected to do it yeah. almost that year. Although it didn't take him long. No. Uh, you <laughs> know, true. a couple of things I think—one thing that is real is I think that people are upset with the amount of checkdowns. When there was pressure, mm-hmm. he checks down real fast, which, I mean, makes sense, but I think that's why some people are upset. But we're but, on our second offensive coordinator this year. Yeah. The other thing I, I'm interested in knowing is— are you afraid of the stat four and twenty five against winning teams? Nope, because that can eat you. You turn that around in one season, nobody remembers it. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not afraid of it. Like, like I wasn't afraid of a hundred plus years of not winning a World Series. We won that one. Nobody brings up a hundred years anymore, unless it's like a douchebag Sox fan. Like, hey, remember when you guys uh, exactly. had gone over a hundred like, years? That, that's it. Yeah. Like, nobody, not no one on television brings that up. Unless Next. it's snapping a you know one hundred yeah. plus year 
losing streak. Next year is a new year, and I just wanted to get that off my chest because I didn't want to do a full segment. But with on that it. being said, Kirk Cousins is a bust, and the Vikings are terrible. This season, we did not live up to expectations. No, but I figure we're going to get a. I will say though, better offense. It felt really nice. I know I said that the the Bears in in the off season should have signed. Uh, are, this is week one. Uh, no, no, the that the Bears week one. I said. Would knock the Packers out of mm-hmm. the playoffs. They were taking the play their spot that I originally predicted mm-hmm. for the Packers. Feels really good to also knock the division rival yeah. Vikings. Although I will say the Vikings are the NFC North team I hate the least, besides the Bears. Obviously, <laughs> you hate the Lions more. Oh yeah, Detroit sucks. Why? Detroit sucks. But the Lions are like the baby brother that can't beat anybody. I mean, the Vikings were that same way for a while too. I we were never the Lions. We yeah. never went zero and sixteen. But see, when a team goes zero and sixteen, like you feel sorry for. Yeah, them? you can't hate them that much I anymore. Know. That's why I'm like, that's why I'm surprised they're not the ones where it's like, oh, it's just little yeah. brother. But getting into my playoff predictions, we'll start off same thing with you, AFC side, the wild card round. I love the two teams that I picked. The Colts are coming in hotter than ever. And the Texans, I kind of feel bad that they have to play the Colts right away because mm-hmm. this will be the third time that these two teams match up. I like Andrew Luck over to Sean Watson. I like what Frank Reich is doing with this team. They're playing hot at the right time. Now, the thing I will say that gives the Texans an edge is it is at home, and Deshaun Watson isn't chopped liver. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a close one. Titans win, or Colts win by, like, Six or ten points, something like that. Maybe two score, one score. The other game, I think, I'm going to have it play out exactly like it did. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens get the win. Chargers being on the road is going to suck. And the Ravens being at home, they're just going to feed off that defense is going to have a day. I'm going to say like 28 to 13 that the Ravens get that win. Then on the NFC side, I wanted to pick the Eagles so bad, but this Eagle team is not the same one that they were last year, although I do think that they can be a scary team and an upset special um, kind of a team. Going with the Bears in that defense to get the win at home because as everybody who doesn't live in Chicago on uh, Fox and ESPN like to say, playing in Chicago sucks. I just look at it and go, it's another day here in the freezing tundra sometimes which is the Chicagoland Although, area. honestly, this Sunday is probably going to be a pretty nice day. No, it's going to be re- – hopefully it's really yeah. nice. And it's like that that upper 50s uh, that mm-hmm. we got a couple uh, weeks ago. And then the other wildcard team, Dallas to me, like you said, they are the weakest wildcard team. The Seahawks have been on a roll. I said mm-hmm. it last week when we talked about the Seahawks. They're going to walk into Dallas. They're going to get the win. I'm not confident in the Cowboys – I'm very confident in Russell Wilson and what the Seahawks team has been doing. They yeah. shocked my expectations because I thought they were going to be like an 8-8 eight and eight team and miss the playoffs. They were close to that but made the playoffs, and they're going to get the win over the Cowboys. Moving back to the AFC, Ravens-Chiefs, this is a rematch in Arrowhead, and just like you, or just like you wanted to, I'm actually going to do it, Andy Reid doesn't win a playoff game. Patrick Mahomes, I know this is technically his second year. This is his first playoff game. So Lamar and Patrick are rookies in this game, and Lamar technically has a playoff game under his belt before Patrick Mahomes because he played in the wild card last week. Ravens almost beat the Chiefs 
in Arrowhead the first time. That's not going to phase them. They're going to walk in, get the win. The defense is going to help. Lamar's going to not turn over the ball. He's going to have a day. Ravens move on to the AFC Championship <laughs> game. Patriots-Colts, I want this one so bad. Deflategate 2.0 because the teams might not remember Deflategate. Well, they probably do, but it's like you got Frank Reich here. They remember the Patriots. fact that it didn't matter because the Colts couldn't score. Yeah, the Colts <laughs> couldn't score. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the Patriots, I know that they've seen down. I know that most people might be doubting them this year. I can't doubt them in this game. I would love the Colts to go in there hot as hell yeah. and get this win but I am going to side with the Patriots. It's kind of like the mini Bama rule of mm-hmm. I just I can't until I see it happen I can't do it, um, yeah. which will be funny in the uh, next round. But then NFC side, sell so, uh, the Saints playing the Seahawks. Saints going to get the win there. It's going to be tough to beat the Saints in the dome this year, it especially sure when they remember what happened last year and they won't have to see the Vikings this year in the playoffs. Rams and Bears. Going to be a tough game. I think this game is flipped from the last time because it's in L.A. The Rams play better. They don't have to play in Chicago. Rams get the W over the Bears, probably like a 27-24, maybe mm-hmm. 24-21, a close three-point game for the Rams over the Bears, and then the championship games. In the AFC, I've got the Patriots. I've got the Ravens, a classic AFC title showdown and I've got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens moving on to the Super Bowl. They are going to walk into Foxborough, get the win over the Patriots. On the other side, the Rams come into New Orleans. Drew Brees, go, Drew Brees goes, oh, that's cute. You brought Jared Goff to play. I'm going to show you how a real quarterback plays. Mm-hmm. And Drew Brees is going to will this team to the Super Bowl. Naturally. And my Super Bowl matchup will be the Saints from the NFC, the Ravens from the AFC meeting in Hotlanta. A little shocking. Super Bowl mm-hmm. Lee. Yeah. A little shocking had the Ravens in there, but uh, I appreciate like your I boldness. Like I said, it was going to yeah. be a shock value because I wanted either the Colts or the mm-hmm. Ravens in my Super Bowl. I'm sure you did. And I sided with the Ravens over the Colts mm-hmm. because I have a... I have more confidence in the Ravens going into Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs of the defense. than the Colts going yeah. into Foxborough and beating the Patriots. Something needs to be said here uh, for everybody who pays attention to our podcast mm-hmm. and knows of the, the kiss of death. And uh, the smooch of death. Yeah. I do think it's worth mentioning that the kiss of death has kiss of death to you in a sense, because a you, you tried to game the system this offseason. <laughs> you're too aware, and you're like, I'm going to put the Vikings in there and have them lose to the Jaguars. The kiss of death worked. Jaguars mm-hmm. are gone, but the kiss of death got a little splash damage on it and got you by not well, having your team make the playoffs. This is like the year I picked the Cowboys and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was when the kiss of death started because the Cowboys were my pick. They were decimated. The Colts were the team that I picked to lose in that Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. they didn't have the best of seasons, but they uh, were just out of or just yeah. in the playoffs and got knocked out. The kiss of death says, I'm on to you. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my kiss of death is relinquished, and also I do have a mini smooch of death because mm-hmm. I picked the Patriots to win last year in these predictions, and they lost in the Super Bowl. So whoever I pick here, just know that your team might not win the Super Bowl, but— Mm-hmm. We will go into those Super Bowl predictions 
What are you looking at? I got the number one seed Chiefs versus the number one seed Saints. Very uh, classic when it comes to uh, mm-hmm. projections and statistics and whatnot, uh, and what these teams should be able to do. For me, this was my team that I had winning the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. They didn't get there. This is a team who this offseason, I said, would win the Super Bowl, uh, and I'm going to still ride with it. This time, I was originally going to have them play the Patriots. I didn't have the Patriots in this time. So who are you picking? I'm going to pick the Saints. Okay. Because I didn't have the Chiefs even in the playoffs. So definitely the Saints. So you're having Saints over the Chiefs in yep, the Super Bowl. For well, sure. As mine. And then maybe Drew Brees can ride off into the sunset. I always love the riding off retire. into the sunset. He can just yeah. retire and be it's happy. It's a beautiful thing. Well, this is going to be boring because we have the same champion. I'm going to pick the Saints Beautiful. to get the win over the Ravens. Lamar Jackson and his run fall just short. I think the Saint team, they're just too strong. They are too big, too fast, too strong, too good. They are laser-focused. Drew mm-hmm. Brees is not going to let this team mess up like it did last year. Yeah, he doesn't want to mess this up again. And the Saints are probably my strongest pick to win the Super Bowl, obviously, and that's why I have them winning the Super Bowl here. But, Mark, I've got one thing I want to throw a curve at you, curveball at you. All right, we're going to talk about some Pro Bowl. Not Pro Bowl, but close. Bummer. I want to ask you very quickly, just rapid fire, doesn't have to be too long. Okay. I want to give you some postseason awards, and okay. you tell me who you would pick. The first one will start off your MVP for this year. Patrick Mahomes. Well, you got to talk a little bit because I no, no, it's just Patrick Mahomes. I'm done. (laughs) No, here's the thing about Patrick. Uh, You know, over five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns. It's great. You know, I do think that there needs to be a little bit of mention of a lot of that is Andy Reid's offense. I mean, a lot of it is also some advantages of some of those players like a Tyree Kill. And that fiftieth touchdown to me was the perfect one where that receiver should have been tackled, Mm -hmm. but the uh, defender fell. And he was able to waltz into the end zone. Mm-hmm. That is a classic summary of what this season is for me, for Patrick Mahomes, of he had a lot of things go right. I still think he's a great quarterback. I still think he deserves the MVP. But uh, I just want to say before everybody says he's the greatest of all time, which I have literally seen some Chiefs fans say that. Oh, Jesus. Although I've also seen a few Ravens fans say that about Lamar Jackson. So, you know, I, maybe I shouldn't Calm be saying anything. Down, Let's wait and see what happens. I really I really want to give this to Drew Brees. I really want to give the MVP to Drew Brees, but I can't. I'm going to give it to Patrick Mahomes. So here's what I'm going to do. Patrick Mahomes, you've had a great season, 50 touchdowns in a year. Mm-hmm. You're the MVP. However, the next one, Offensive Player of the Year, I'm going to give that one to Drew Brees because I, just, I feel like Drew Brees mm-hmm. minus – the 50 touchdowns in a season and the 500 or 5,000 yards. Yeah. I want to almost say that Drew Brees is more valuable to the Saints than Patrick Mahomes is to the Chiefs because Alex Smith brought the Chiefs to the playoffs last year, but you could say they weren't, I guess, the number one seed last year, I don't think. So yeah. that's why I will give Mahomes the MVP, but offensive player I mm-hmm. would give to Drew Brees. And I would agree with that. I would agree that Drew Brees would then get the offensive player if Mahomes gets it. I mean, it's between those two guys, mm-hmm. essentially, and you just flip it whichever way you want. What about, and this will be interesting because I know who you're going to pick for this. Of course you do. Defensive player of the year. Khalil Mack. I knew that was coming. And, and here's the thing. I mean, the Chicago Bears defense was already really good. Khalil Mack comes in and takes them up a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only two 
Could um, you make an argument for Khalil Mack to be the MVP? Because without him, the Bears would not be in the playoffs? Mm, no, I don't think so. Only because it's not like a surefire, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, for example, uh, Mike Lennon was the quarterback and now you got Mitch Trubisky and all of a sudden he throws 50 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a thing like that. Uh, this uh, this defense was good enough, but to potentially get them there, even though probably not, Khalil Mack comes in here and it's a 12-win team. You might want to give a little bit more credit to coaching staff for that. I'm not sure, but I do think there is some value to that. And uh, for him, that's why I know Aaron Donald exists. And I know Aaron Donald is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Khalil Mack's impact on the Chicago Bears is incredibly easy to see. Yeah, Khalil Mack to me, easily. And the reason why is, or not Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, I meant to say easily. Because Khalil Mack is my number two. But Aaron Donald, you have 20 and a half sacks in a season. Like, you come that close to the sack record, I've got to give you a defensive player. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't blame you. And that's why, for me, like, it's got to be between Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Because mm-hmm. those, to me, are the only two that deserve anywhere near this award. The next one, I feel like we're going to give it to the same guy. So I'll give mine first. Coach of the Year, Frank Reich. No. From the Colts. You're Matt gonna, Nagy. You're going to say, I I should have known you were going to go Matt Nagy. Why I mean, Matt he takes, Nagy over Frank He takes Reich? a 5-11 and 11 team and turns them into a 12-4 and 4 team. Division winner, a team that has not won their division in years, a team that has struggled to beat all of their division opponents in the last few years, and they beat all of them except for the Packers one time. They beat the Packers the other time. And arguably, you said, you can say, the Bears probably should have beat mm-hmm. the Packers that time. It's obviously Matt Nagy to me. I'm going to say Frank Reich just because of and I don't blame what you for picking Frank Reich. with this Colt team because I know that this Colt team was 8-8 eight eight last year without Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Now they have Andrew Luck this year. They go ahead and get Frank Reich, what he has done in his first year. I feel like mm-hmm. it's it's not an easy decision. I forgot about Matt Nagy and the Bears-ness over there. Um, but it's going to be hard to decide between Frank and, Reich and Matt Nagy because mm-hmm. Matt Nagy, although I forgot about him, he does deserve it and yeah. should be in the discussion. And a, a big thing for that's going to be, too, I think that makes a difference, mm-hmm. is last year there was quite a few people saying Mitch Trubisky could be a bust. Matt Nagy shows up, and all of a sudden a lot of people are going, oh, no, he's probably a real quarterback. Mm-hmm. People aren't saying he's the greatest of all time, but he's real deal. The next one I'm going to skip because I feel like we're going to say the same person. Who would you say is comeback player of the year? Comeback player of the year? Are you thinking the same one I'm thinking? Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. It's yeah. easy. Just move I on. I was trying to think if there was somebody <laughs> else I could give it to, but no, Andrew like, Luck. It's Andrew Luck. And then the last two that are the very last two, offensive rookie of the year. Who are you giving it to? Um, Offensive rookie of the year. There's a Big part of me that actually wants to give it to Lamar Jackson because of how he's mm-hmm. how big of an impact he's had on this team, but I'm going to give it to Philip Lindsay. Really? Yep. Over Saquon Barkley? Philip Lindsay was an undrafted free agent that what? came in here and made what? the Denver Broncos a respectable team. I know that Saquon Barkley is fucking amazing. I'm not taking that away. But I expect him to he be amazing. He was the second leading rusher this year. And he was also the second, third overall pick? Second or third? Yeah, that shouldn't matter about, like, just it does when the other It does when the other guy's an undrafted free agent that nobody thought would do anything. Yeah, but that's not, 
that's you're talking about like MVP, it's not, not a pure stat argument. It's, it can't be a pure stat argument. It's just, also what difference this okay, player has in the things ask, around him. Ask me this then. You got one pick of a running back. Who are you picking? Saquon Barkley or Philip Lindsay? You're sure. Picking Phillip but Lindsay? that's not the question. The, that's the question, question isn't asked. which running back. Sure, but that's not the question you asked before of the offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year to me is Philip Lindsay because of the difference he made for his team. But they didn't make the play. They're still a Neither bad team. Neither did the team. Giants. So we can't give it to Saquon Barkley, can we? Because they didn't make the playoff. They're still a bad team. Didn't the let me let me see the. I'm not doubting that Saquon Col- Barkley is a great player. And I had the Colts record mm-hmm. wrong. They were four and twelve last year. Yeah, I'm not doubting that Saquon Barkley is a great player. I'm just saying that there's circumstances around Philip Lindsay to me, and I'm not the one who makes the decision. All right, but the, the circumstances one make less a difference win to me. Than the Broncos this year, one less. The circumstances of Philip Lindsay being an undrafted free agent who didn't even get a chance at the beginning of the year. You know, you know what makes a, a deal makes a difference to me. I am shocked we're having this debate because you want mm. to know who I thought you were going to say? Who? Big Boy Baker. I thought you no. were going to say Baker Mayfield. No, I do think that he would deserve it as well, but. I, I just I have to give credit to the guy who not a single person in the world would have expected to be as successful as he is. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Saquon because he is going to be Broncos a, fans. I got your he back. He is going to be a staple at the running back position for years to come. The mm-hmm. last one, and this one will be the hardest for me, only because like just thinking in my head who I could pick this year. Mm-hmm. Defensive rookie of the year. You got one. Defensive rookie of the year. Roquan Smith. You're just bearing it up. Roquan Smith. I mean, he I mean there the thing about the defensive rookie of the year is you don't have like a when Von Miller mm-hmm. was a rookie. You know, when Aaron Donald was a rookie. Uh you don't have one of these guys who just comes out here and knocks everybody out of the park. Mm-hmm. The reason I like to go with uh Roquan Smith is because he's quickly become a, a huge like general of the Bears defense. Uh, he is always in the right place. He's a guy who didn't get training camp. He was holding out. Well, he held out. Yeah, so he did not get training camp. He barely got to play in week one. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, and <laughs> he comes out there, and he takes over this team, does a phenomenal job. I'm going to give it to him. The Bears, bear down. Yeah, with me, I am going to go with, I'm probably going to lean towards Darius Leonard, uh, Leonard of the uh, Indianapolis Colts just because of what this team has done and what he has done at that linebacker position. um, Yeah, I I think that's worthwhile. I do. But this is one of those years, too, where you have some clear cuts for some of these. I don't think you have a clear-cut answer for defensive rookie. Well, defensive rookie of the year, like you could say, you know what, I'm going to change my answer. Eh, oh, I want to pick between two because Mm -hmm. I completely forgot about you know what? I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change my answer. Go I'm gonna go Leighton Vanderash because he has become he's been really the good too. guy, like yeah. to be the basically. I want to say like the Ray Lewis of that mm-hmm. uh, Dallas Cowboys situation, where it's like he is the commander of that um, defense at sure. the middle linebacker position, calling the audibles, changing them. But you could say Derwin James from the Chargers has been good this year. Mm-hmm. You could say Denzel Ward in Cleveland has done well. You could say Roquan Smith in Chicago has done well. So, I mean, there are numerous players. This one to me is the hardest one, but I'm going to switch and go Leighton Vanderush. But we're both going 
linebackers for this one. Linebackers are where it's at. And then executive of the year, obviously, John Gruden. John, John Gruden, Gruden yep. he wins executive of the year. He got three teams into the playoffs. Definitely. He got the Seahawks, the Bears, and the Cowboys. Yep. All into the playoffs this year. And but got his team a really good uh, early round pick. He did. He got a uh, really, really what good What are they, number picks. three or four? Four. Yeah, or four. Because it's going to be the Cardinals at one, the um, 49ers at two, Jets at three, Raiders at four. Beautiful pick. And then I think the fifth is the Buccaneers. It's if a I'm beautiful not mistaken. pick. Um, but this is where you guys come in. Let us know your Super Bowl prediction, playoff prediction, end of the season, yearly award predictions down below in the comment section. We'll be back with our regular weekly picks next week. This was just one because we do the playoff predictions each and every year before the playoffs. Want to thank you guys for you watching the podcast or listening. Make sure to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Mosval Podcast to help support us. We can't do what we do without the support of our patrons. Make sure to go rate and review the onside kick on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And make sure to check us out at mostvaluablepodcast.com as well. Want to thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.